0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reeve podcast. Today's guests are two brothers known as the Hearst Brothers. They're hosts of the Hearst Brothers podcast and they are professional musicians hailing all the way from Toronto, Canada. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, guys? All right. Thank you so much for having us.
1: Doing great. Yeah, doing great. Can't complain over here.
0: It's my absolute pleasure. It's always lovely to meet like fellow musicians and... Yeah, yeah. I, I, could, I could probably just talk to you about that all day, to be honest with you. <laughs> for sure. yeah. But, yeah no, you I've, I've got down. various different questions for you, broken down on your podcast, your music, and just a bit about you guys in general. Um, but yeah, I, I guess let's just jump straight into your podcast. Now, I know the reasons why you do your podcast, but I always like to kind of let my guests kind of say it in their own words rather than me just putting words in your mouth. So uh, <laughs> talk to us about your podcast <laughs> and how it all started.
2: For sure. So uh, originally, I guess the story starts with music and creating music, creating our own music, having a blast doing that. We've been doing it for about a year and a half, releasing singles uh, and learning everything from A to B on how to make your own music. Realized really quickly that it's tough to get people to hear what you're making. Uh, And the promotion side is not something that we're Great at nor are we throwing you know massive amounts of yeah, money or nor
1: do we have the funds to put towards yeah. promoting our own music? So, oh, all oh, just a hobby, you, I feel
3: you,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All just a hobby and all on the side. And uh, and we noticed that obviously we're not the only people that are experiencing this problem, so mm. we thought, oh, let's do something different. What if we did a, a podcast? We've got the gear for it, um, you know, we've got lots of great stories that we want to share, and at the same time, we can try and expose music from other people who are in a similar position as us. And so that is kind of what conceived the idea of doing the podcast. Uh, We rate and review three independent musicians songs on each episode and keep track of where they're all at. And and then hopefully if they share amongst their friends and we share amongst our friends, uh, it's a win-win for everybody. So, and yeah, we're on episode eight now and having a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think that's one of the best parts of it for, for what we're doing is that I'm away at school We're we're, we're apart anyways, and we love music regardless. And I love listening to new music, experiencing new bands. So it's kind of a way for us to chat for an hour, shoot the shit for an hour, listen to some new music and, uh, like it really just works out we'd be doing it anyway. So we, yeah. it was kind of one of those, well, we may as well record it and start a podcast because why not? It can help bands, it can help other people find new music as well.
0: Yeah, I think you touched on a very good point here as well because one of the things I think that is really difficult both when you're trying to promote a band or you know, even just a creative pro- uh, project in general, it's always that issue of kind of, you want to always be focusing on your brand, promoting yourself, connecting with others and everything, but primarily putting everything into that. But like a lot of people's mistake is that they don't network enough. You know, they're so focused on doing their own thing that they're like they're not meeting people. And that's how you get these experiences. And it it's a no-brainer. Like I was looking at your podcast and like the reasons for why you were doing it. And I was like, yeah, this this just makes sense. I mean, (laughs) even from like a business standpoint, as musicians, you know, you make connections Oh, we need to plan out uh, a tour for the next 12 months. Oh, well, we've got loads of contacts that we've made through this. We'll just hit everyone up and construct something. It's just a no brainer. I, th- I think it's a great idea. But yeah, um, I think you totally nailed it there too is, is thinking about it as a business. And
2: even though this is a hobby for us and something that we enjoy doing, and like Mark said, we'd be doing it anyways. Um, I have an MBA and I have a strong background in business. So every time I think of an idea, I'm thinking of how does it work logistically? Mm -hmm. Um, And just like you said, if you spend all of your effort on content and music, but you don't have that background to think about how do I network it? How do I grow it? How do I get it out there? Otherwise, you're, you're making music for yourself,
1: which is okay. I mean... Uh, part I, of the reason I, I, we do yeah. it is just for us but, but most but musicians are going to be excited for other people to listen as well like, 100% I'd say a lot of them probably all of them are like they, they're in it for getting other people to hear their music changing someone
0: else's life and having those thoughts as well do, do you know it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that because I, I kind of it just sparked a random memory for me I remember when I was in my first band years ago we were just these like clueless teenagers in a, like a metal band just trying to make it in London right And I remember something that really stood out to me was different bands' attitudes towards you. Like everyone is in the same situation where you're playing to like five people and no one gives a fuck about you and you're just trying to make it, right? But at the same time, like some people's bands would be like really nice to you, even if they've been doing it years or they've just started, their attitude would be great, right? It never really mattered about the age thing. But some people took themselves way too seriously, like, Oh no, you you can't talk to us. Like, oh, yeah, you're not good enough. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, excuse me. Last time I checked, we weren't fucking headlining. I don't know. I was gonna say Woodstock, but it's not even a festival. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, exactly. yeah, yeah. And
1: I think that's in any part of life. There's always just people taking it too seriously for where they're at. Like, no credentials. We're actually playing the same show right now, and you're treating me weird. And it's like, all right, I, you know, it's not a fun experience. And and uh yeah uh, hopefully people can tone that down it's, it's know, just people- that
0: whole attitude just like it, it, you're shooting yeah, yeah. yourself on your foot like you're like I, yeah. I remember hearing i don't know if you guys have heard of this guy uh he's a entertainer presenter james corden it's a british guy oh, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, right so okay. i mean in in the uk it's interesting with him i'll, I'll try to make the point quick because i don't want <laughs> talk about him too much but yeah he, he, he sort of was like beloved for many years um as part of various tv shows in the uk and then obviously he started doing stuff abroad and in america and and has made quite a career for himself but there's all these stories popping up about how he's unprofessional he treats people anyone that isn't a celebrity like shit and um I feel like in many ways, you know, that stuff is beginning to haunt him now because it's, and it, it, it stops yeah. you from getting work. That's, that's the thing. From a business yeah. standpoint, it stops you from being able to progress. And it's like, if you're a businessman, regardless of what you do, if you, <laughs> there's less opportunities to get work, that, that's less opportunities to earn money, less ways to pay the rent. You know what I mean? It's,
1: <laughs> yeah. And right, right from the music as well. Um, you know you play a show with someone it goes fantastic they're great guys you're going to play another show who do we want to invite to play in our show it's like well probably the same guys that we had a great night with the last time not the guys that are going to treat us like shit because they think they're better than us
0: you're spot on yeah i've had that situation where we've had um, like uh, i remember one time we were doing like an ep launch for my first band and we were looking for bands like it was our first time like fully doing our own show from the ground up selling our merch you know all this it was really exciting but we needed bands to support us and we had a band that we'd played with quite a few times you know we were friends with and they were older than us and as soon as we were like hey would you be on the bill they're like hell yeah and they drove down from like wherever the hell they live you know quite far down to come play with us and i always thought about that like how it was cool that you know they were bothering with us some some teenagers or whatever but I think it came down to what we've been discussing like you know you, you can be, I think you can be professional and take yourself seriously but also not be a jerk basically is, is what I've sort of been driving at with this whole for, thing yeah exactly well there's
2: there's space for everybody in this industry I mean you can be as competitive as you want but there is millions and millions of artists who are all really really good and you're not really going to get anywhere by stepping on the little guy. So, and you never know who's going to blow up so at the same time like
1: you're you're way <laughs> exactly. better treating everybody L- equally. The little guy blows up and then you're trying to get there and it's like I'm not taking you. I'm yeah. I'm not having you open for me. Exactly.
0: I almost feel like it's at this point as well in given that you know we have the internet now and with the way that things are like you want to be doing everything you can to make your reputation as good as possible like as soon as people start saying bad stuff about you that stuff will just stay and people might might look you up and see that and go oh i don't want to work with people like that and then boom before they've even talked to you you've lost an opportunity so people should really be looking at that like very seriously
2: yeah Uh, it's like having a one-star review on yelp (laughs) nope not going there for no
0: nope.
2: <laughs> waiter yelled at me no thanks not going back there
0: oh man yeah i, I actually i on a on a side note i, I came across a really interesting thing recently because i do um uh marketing on a freelance level I'm, that's why i studied at uni blah 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 and um there's this company i won't say the name but like they have like this new rating system where it takes into account the initial review and then puts like, you know, social media factors like uh, your following, your activity, all of that stuff. Uh, combines right. it with like the, the backline um, marketing practices you 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 know put into your website and yeah, things like backlinks and uh, I don't know domain authority, all that technical jargon. And um, instead of just taking that one review, it puts all of those things into one thing together. And essentially makes its own like score based on that, and I thought, yeah. like, that was a really good way of making like a more accurate score rather than just having one person with their opinion who might That's... not even be telling the truth as well. like yeah,
2: this guy's just a shit poster, and he only gives one star reviews well,
1: or, or because... is a five star poster, and they're a one star both yeah. oh, ways
2: could go either way. Oh, that it's makes true. sense,
1: it's true
0: um, yeah, but like, bringing it back to your podcast, what have you actually learned through podcasting so far? You said you're eight episodes in, so it's obviously obviously still early days, but yeah, what 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 are the key lessons so far?
2: Well, obviously the first couple were rocky. Um, <laughs> just learning, you know, how to speak in podcaster terms, the gear. I mean, we went through so many technical hiccups where all of a (laughs) sudden we've lost our recording or you know we've used various software so I think we've got it steady now we've learned the ropes of how our show is going to sound um and we don't have nearly as many glitches as we used to which is nice um I've also learned that there's a lot of really good artists out there so surprised at the level of the music that we're listening to um Oh, yeah, it's, it's really incredible and people are submitting to us and and the general premise of the show is we haven't heard the song before it comes on So we have somebody else who's taking those submissions lining them up into three similar sounding songs um, But Mark and I have just been
1: shocked. Yeah, how, like there's a ton of bands We did one last night and it was probably one of my favorite songs We've listened to like I've downloaded their whole album now mm. and I'm starting to listen to their music and I think they have like 86 followers or something and it's just yeah. like, I'm shocked. It's like, well, I'm not shocked because I, I kind of have been there and done that with our own bands and our own music and stuff. Mm. But uh, you understand we make, you know, make the coolest music video ever. I'm so pumped about and it. It's got like 200 views on YouTube and it's like, oh, okay, well, but it's unbelievable. Like, and I guess that's yeah. kind of what we're trying to do is get those people's name out there.
0: I think, I think, yeah, I know what you mean. Like years ago, before I started studying marketing and all that stuff, like when I was in that band, for example, you know, we would always struggle with the same thing. And I think that the whole business side of things with being in a band and, and, and just everything that comes with that is its own thing entirely. Like you, you, it's like, and there are different things that work and different strategies. Like, you know, for some people, it works just doing a kind of follow on follow kind of standard style of well not necessarily the unfollowing but like reaching out to people and and building connections that way other people just you know they get lucky they post stuff online and and it starts going viral it starts picking up attention obviously there's the classic style of just literally just playing live and and building word of mouth through that way but yeah like as far as actually just branding yourself like it's so important especially now i mean as you said there are so many good bands out there and I, I, i gotta say like I've had I've had some various musicians on my show who uh, it's the same thing they're not very well known but I find myself yeah adding it to my own personal collection because it's yeah, like this, yeah. this is damn good this is better than stuff in the charts like how is this thing trending but this isn't on the radio what the hell yeah but you know it's I, I think that's testament to to where the music industry is headed and you know how independent music has a lot more value. And I think, I think back in the day, independent music was almost kind of seen as this like dirty, ugly word. Like, oh, it's independent. It's not signed. Whereas I think now it's, it's more intriguing and more exciting. You know, like I feel like it's, it's almost like a flip reverse. Like if it's, if it's manufactured, chances are it, it may be, it'd probably be very polished and everything, but it won't necessarily be good music.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And Gears come a long way too, right? If we're thinking back, you know, even 20 years Uh, It was really, really difficult to do home recording at home. You either had to have thousands and thousands of dollars to buy the right gear, or you're just making really shitty uh, sounding records. But nowadays, I mean, you can go buy an Apollo Solo for 800 bucks and you've got unison preamps. You can buy all the plugins you want online. You can make really, really good sounding records at home for a thousand, two thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, you're, you're spot on. It, it's gotten a lot easier. Like, I, I wish all of these tools existed when when, when I was in my first <laughs> band, because <laughs> I've never told this story before. But um, before we did our first, like, actual record in a studio, we tried to do it ourselves. This was back in, uh, I want to say, 2011. And um, <laughs> we had, like, this... You know what a backing uh, track recorder is? Like... Um, yeah yeah so of course you knew. sorry yeah. uh it, yeah for for anyone that doesn't know at home it's basically like a little small piece of kit um where you can record on it play things back so it's it's not really supposed to be used for recording actual stuff it's more as like reference for like when you record a riff or something on drums or whatever so it's a reference tool but here we are trying to use it in this small tiny room to record drums guitar vocals <laughs> And for yeah. the most part, I mean, it sounded like trash because we knew nothing about production and, and, you know, even little things like timing. We didn't bother using metronomes, all of the stuff that you need to do. Yeah. Um, but as far as the quality was concerned, it wasn't actually as bad as, as, it, as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but if we had the access to the tools that are available now oh my god I mean we could have produced some really good stuff at at, at a much younger age so yeah musicians now I think it's always worth doing a bit of homework but at the same time you know yeah it doesn't cost a lot to to sound good I think it's more about uh the level of effort you put into the editing process and also just as I say doing things like I know it's a pain in the ass using metronomes but you have to like I have natural timing as a rhythm player and stuff but like if I'm in a studio we're using the fucking metronome like for sure. Yeah. Gotta do it. Spot on. <laughs> um, what are your podcasting goals for twenty twenty one?
2: Ooh, for twenty twenty one. Um, so we want to continue what we're doing right now is bi weekly episodes. Uh, okay. and we are way ahead of ourselves. So we're lucky enough that we have kind of a bank of episodes built up so we so can just slowly I'm being a bit them. of an
0: idiot here, but yeah. bi weekly is that twice a week? Or? Oh no, every other week. Every oh, okay, so every two right. weeks, yeah. Every other week. Monday. Yep. Yeah, right. okay. Got you, got you, got you. So it's yeah. basically two, two episodes per month. month.
2: Yeah, every other Monday is our schedule right now. So we want to continue with that. We want to add um, kind of like special episodes. We're working on something where it's more of a an artist spotlight per se, where we do maybe a 20 minute episode just focusing on one artist and their discography and their story because um, we think that'd be neat. And then um, our last goal is to start Uh, a YouTube channel. So we've invested in a little bit more gear where we've got a better camera, better angles. Right now we're together, but typically we are Mark's in Dublin and I'm here in Ontario. Um, So that makes it a little trickier, but we've got a good amount of content filmed and we're looking to produce some higher quality videos, you know, 10 minute videos to throw on YouTube and see how we do there.
1: And I think along those lines too, I really want to start mixing in like um, music videos as well. Cause yeah. I think like having like adding YouTube into it brings in a whole nother aspect where you can look at the song, but, and the video, not that we claim to be like, you know, we're, it's all amateur. Um, what, what are you reviewing and re- reviews of the videos, but just to comment on it from like your average consumer standpoint and yeah. watch the video and say, what did I like about it? What is simple things like that? Cause I, I love the music video aspect as well. And we've gone back and seen some really cool videos from songs we've reviewed as well. So I think touching on those in the, in the youtube videos as well would be cool
0: i feel like the the visual medium as far as music is 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 kind of like a lost art in many ways i mean it's gone are the days of you know music videos on, on mtv funny story about mtv actually i read up they're not actually officially known as music television anymore like because i figured that okay they they've changed their, their name to just mtv right but like it still stands for that right but they actually yeah. changed the company name. So the company name is literally just mtv but it doesn't stand <laughs> for anything <Right. laughs> A company that stands for nothing um <laughs> and it's officially labeled as as just for, for you know reality tv or all that crap right um, multi yeah Yeah, but I kind of feel like it's an important point because that's kind of where that died. And it's it's slowly coming back here and there. You see certain artists kind of doing like interesting stuff here and there. But it is kind of one of those things that it really used to be a massive thing. And now it's kind of like, it's a bit of intrigue. But, you know, I think people's heads are more in like, being able to just stream music wherever and, and, you know, just having access to that. So I, I think it's cool that you guys are going for that. And also with regards to just multi-platforming in general, like I found this as well with, with my own stuff that like you have a different audience on say Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and people don't always migrate. Like sometimes people yeah. almost like actively refuse to do that. So you've got to kind of like just make sure your stuff is everywhere um on that basis as well as just being accessible in general so like you know you have a presence everywhere when people search you they find you straight away you know all of that jazz like it's again with the marketing stuff it really is all about that (laughs) all comes back yeah full circle beauty beauty beautiful what am i saying i'm stumbling my words um (laughs) let's move it forward to your sort of goals and aspirations overall for this podcast like what what are the key things that you want to achieve with this
1: i'll let you go oh boy um yeah i don't know it's not really something that i've thought about too much at this time because it really is kind of like a a hobby. Right. And it's like, we know there's, yeah, it's fun for us, but there's potential to, you know, get more involved with it, do put more production into it. And like, certainly um, way down the line, lots of people make a living out of it or or a half living and half and half. And like, to me, that wouldn't be an all time goal. It would just be really cool to watch it progress to something where that's an option. And I know for like John with his business background certainly has more like of an opportunity to involve that into stuff that you work with. But I think that would be like that, not, not a goal, but just something that I would love to see come from it where it's like, we could sit down and John could be like, Hey, I could like work part time and possibly also put more effort into this and we could watch it grow to like an even bigger extent.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think with anything that we do, even with just the music, with the podcast, with videos, we always want to get better. And that's something that we're driving at, not even just in music, but in life. So whatever you do, it's just constantly strive to get better at it. So I think as we try and grow the channel and become better and better and better and provide better content, content, a better experience for listeners, um, yeah, it'd be really neat one day to be able to say, wow, we can do kind of our thing um,
1: and maybe not be so worried about our careers. And even if you decide to, focus on the careers it's like just to have that thought and be like you know what that was cool like this is on the background and it's something that we love doing people like doing um we're helping you know kind of independent musicians and i think that that's just like i think i was saying last night my number one goal right now would be to have like a repeat musician someone submit a song We do a podcast on it, review it. And then three months later, that same person go, hey, here's my new song. I would love for you to review it a second time. Because then I feel like that's like instant confirmation that somebody likes what we're doing. Like one band was like, I think you guys are doing a good job. Please keep
0: reviewing my music. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. (laughs) No, I think think it's always interesting. um, You know, I mean, reviewers... The, the, the only review i can think of on youtube is is that guy uh what's his name the 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 most famous one um malcolm or or something like it's, that it's like like his Mark uh Bell? his his podcast no 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 he's, he's, he's um oh, i'm gonna kill myself for not remembering this <laughs> um it's like the needle drop or something is his official youtube review thing god, oh god it's gonna drive me nuts no, I can't. Well, everyone will know at home, he's bald, he wears glasses, he goes in on everyone and everyone knows him. Um, God, I can't believe I don't remember that. Anyway. I'll have to
2: check second. it out. I said, send it to us after when you figure it out.
0: Oh, it's going to drive me nuts that I didn't remember that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the point is, like, he, he, he's, he has very, you know, he's very honest with his musical opinion. Obviously, he is a musician himself as well. And he's clearly got like, quite a lot of knowledge in that field. But, like, people do take his opinion very seriously. And it, it kind of it divides people, you know. People kind of go crazy in the comments. Like, oh, he's full of crap. Like, you know, you can't believe what he says. Like, it's not true. And other people are like, no, he's totally right. Like, this album is yeah. excellent or bad or whatever. And the point being that I feel that, like, these reviews are equally as important as um, just, you know, your own personal opinion, like, before you go in. Because it can, like, kind of shape... Your idea of like whether or not you want to kind of check this thing out or not like for example that guy um, reviewed a Green Day album I think the father of all record and he basically said that it was just terrible and it was just done as a kind of F you to their record company because they wanted to get out of their contract right which is a terrible reason to ever create music like you should never do that Um, (laughs) but when you listen to the record like I, I sat down and I was like, Do you know, what, I'm going to try and give it a chance. I'll keep in mind what he said, but I'm going to just give it a, a quick chance. And I listened to like three songs and I just couldn't take it anymore. It was so bad. And uh, yeah, he was right. He was so right. And um, I feel like that, that, those kind of reviews are, are, are very necessary. Cause you know, most of the critics out there, music critics, you know, it's just official companies. It's like, yeah, you know and that's that's great and everything but i don't know that you can always trust them that like, if we're looking at like, movies for example i've seen so many films where like the critics pan it and then i go see it and it's an excellent movie and i'm like
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: like what yeah. what is that based on and it's it is just opinion but it's like yeah. a very specific opinion according to like uh, i guess like an industry expectation maybe but i feel like with people sure. like yourselves like who are doing you know just genuine honest reviews with you know um, a musician's kind of opinion which is different from a casual uh, listening fan it's like a different opinion I'm sure you guys can appreciate this like when you become a musician you just never see music the same way ever again you know like every time you go to a show you know it's like waiting to to go on a football field wear it like fully dressed in gear but like you can't go and play and you you know and like if you see a like a i don't know you hear a musician that's like slightly flat and you're like oh my god come on man just, yeah. just come on go up come on it's like it, it, it it's both a blessing and a curse in a way but i think it's very important Definitely. that guys like yourselves are doing that and um yeah i think there's a lot of value in in, in what you're doing and um One of the questions i wanted to ask you actually with regards to this is i know that you're obviously looking at and reviewing local bands in canada but are you sort of thinking of branching out maybe you know going international with this i know that's kind of a bit crazy to think about but like is that kind of do you think where this could be headed or do you just want to kind of focus it on like local
2: oh no no you're totally right that we are taking international submissions we've had oh, cool. uh, an artist from uh, barcelona yesterday last night was barcelona we've had yeah, someone from amazing. denmark we've had dublin mountains in the usa as well yeah. Like, yeah, yeah all over the place thanks to this whole tech world that we're living in uh yeah we're, we're getting artists from kind of all over the world
0: fantastic fantastic that's, i mean that's really important as well i think having that international showcase because that's another thing as well i i again this is this is what happens when musicians are in the same room Uh, (laughs) um, there is so much music in different countries that is just not being heard that deserves to be heard like i lived in um in a foreign country in a country called estonia in europe for three years and i was blown away by the level of of um musicians over there it's incredible i was like how is this not internationally recognized and like truly it wasn't just a bias like i I still hold that opinion to this day. There's there's music, musicians there whose music could be used in like movies and stuff. Hundred yeah. percent. And sometimes you see bands do it. Like uh, Sigur Ros, for example, from Iceland, uh, very famously had their music used in a the movie Vanilla Sky. If you remember that, it's a very old movie from the early two thousands. But um, good movie, by the way. But um, yeah like it and the music very much uh blended in with the the theme of of the of the actual movie and everything and you know sort of speaks volumes for how important music is but point is that music was fully in icelandish was not in english and uh it became internationally recognized won awards blah 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 so there is a lot to be said for showcasing international talent and kind of you know just showing that every country has something to offer as far as music is concerned.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. I don't think we've thought about anything that's not in English. Um, it'd be hard, hard for us to review because one of the categories we review is you know, the lyrics and the right, vocals. Right, yeah, yeah, and the vocals yeah. may sound beautiful, but we have no idea <laughs> what they're saying. Uh, it might be a lower score on that front, but it would be pretty neat to showcase something like that
1: yeah i think well i don't even know if we've had any submissions like we said we don't we don't review them ourselves but i would not be against it you just take out the lyrics section and and comment on the vocals strictly but i I love that stuff i love international music i think it's really cool
0: let's um let's probe. i want to probe your um the format of your show a little bit so you said that you don't do it personally so like what what's the format of these reviews how does it work what's your process Oh, you're going to love this. So, uh, you,
2: so the show, you're going to expect the first 15 to 20 minutes is Mark and I sharing stories, talking about funny stuff that we've, like, just a random variety of topics. Uh, and that kind of loosens us up and gets us in a good mood um and then from there it goes song one two three so we basically listen to the song we stop it numerous times throughout the song so we might just stop it at a really cool part usually we'll do a first thoughts so after the maybe the first verse we'll stop it we'll say what are you thinking what are you feeling in the first couple 30 seconds of the song um kind of critique it as we go and then at the end we do what's called the uh we rate it on a scale of one to ten biscuits So we do sound quality, we do lyrics and vocals, and then we do just a general coolness and vibe. Like how cool is the song? Would you download it? And then out of those three categories, both of us are giving one to 10 biscuits. Um, those all get tossed into a simulator, kind of pops out an overall average between the two or three of us that are on the show. Uh, and that's your overall rank. And then that goes on our website. and We keep a leaderboard with everyone that we've, uh, we've reviewed at how many biscuits they received on the show. And uh, yeah that's kind of the the format that we're going with.
0: And is your podcast uh, audio only or is it video too? Like what's, what's the
2: sound? Right, right now it's audio only on, you know, Apple and Spotify. Uh, and I think it's on a bunch of other smaller, like Anchor and stuff like that. Um, but we have video for all of it. We just haven't done any long form video production yet. Mm. Um, so we're expecting in the new year to be able to hopefully put full episodes up on YouTube with the video. Um, I don't know if we'll go back and do the old ones because it was, the form, like I said, there was a <laughs> lot of hiccups. The format we were doing, we're recording it through a different software and then we were recording the video on Zoom, but there was no audio there. So you're trying to line it up based on lips. Um, so really difficult to produce videos like that. But now we've got that kind of sorted out. So we could do full videos, um, but what we have been doing is just pulling together clips so if something was funny or usually for every band, we'll have one or two clips with some of their music and some of the feedback and that gets posted on Instagram. And um, we've been getting some good feedback there just based on the content that we've been throwing up.
0: Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, got, I must say of all the music reviewers I've kind of been looking at that are doing stuff on you know YouTube, Twitch, whatever, like... The, 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 there is a lot to be said for, for seeing the sort of physical reaction seeing like you know for example you know sometimes it's it's what you don't say and your the, your face that says everything so i think it would be good for your viewers and listeners to be able to see that in the future so def, for definite and, on the list. Um, did you think you'll ever do um yeah live live versions or like a, a twitch show or something like that or streaming show
2: <laughs> that honestly haven't thought about that yet that would be cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah against it maybe like like season one finale live stream yeah something like that it'd be something to think about for sure
2: well i'll have to dive into that rabbit hole later start learning more about that i have no experience with twitch or live streams technically no idea how it works other than maybe just using a webcam like this um
0: it can be it literally can be i mean it's it's pretty straightforward to set up like a you know having like one screen is is you guys and another screen is is like seeing the song or the video or whatever the case right. may be but i think as you guys grow and everything and, and you grow an audience like obviously you can grow an audience through that but like it will it will get to a point where people will want to know like what do you guys think about you know this record or, or whatever yeah. i think that um it's an, it's just an important element and plus uh, yeah it's fun you know when i when i started twitch streaming i really didn't know what to expect but um i think the interactivity is is like a, a kind of a, an added bonus and just yeah. makes the, the experience right. a lot right. more fun do you know what i mean because you can kind of like react to what people are saying and, and see like you know is it good is it bad what do people think is there anything that we haven't considered you know it's a way of learning from people yes only That's bonuses
1: <laughs> yeah
0: for sure like live
1: feedback and being able to like adapt to that instantly yeah we'll have to I like check it. that out
0: who are your sources of? Uh, oh yeah, no, no worries, no worries, my pleasure. Um, who are your sources of inspiration for podcasting? Oh, geez, oh boy, we have some uh, deep questions on this. Show. Yeah. Oh boy,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're gonna catch us off guard. I'm very so. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts um, when I was commuting a lot. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I've been working for from home for the last nine months or ten months, so. I found that I've been listening to a lot less podcasts, but I listened to the typical, you know, Joe Rogan experience, yeah. some radio lab stuff, Bill Burr, um, kind of, I like the comedy side of it and that's what got me into podcasting in the first place. Um, now I've started, and, and I'm more excited for when I'll start commuting or traveling again, cause I'll listen to a lot more, but now I've started reaching out and looking into many different smaller podcasts. Um, like we've got a friend that, had us on his once we'll you know i'll I'll put yours on my list too and there's all sorts of just different smaller podcasts that i'd love to dive into once i have time
0: it's something i think about a lot because you know i've reached like 50 episodes now on my podcast and i wonder like who are the people that listen to this does anyone listen like i know there's people listening the numbers are slowly increasing obviously i know i know people that i know that listen to it and and tell me that they do but there's a lot of people you know random strangers that i don't know and they're regularly listening and i'm I'm thinking about that because i'm obviously the world is kind of screwed from covid right now and many people are at home or out of work so that does affect that but i feel like when things start to return to normal you're going to see a massive boost in podcasting and I think another thing as well with podcasting is that a lot of people kind of quit early. You know, I see everyone and their mums setting up podcasts these days, and I'm like, okay, come back to me when you know you've reached like your first thirty, and then we'll talk. Because it's you know, it's one like for example, I have a friend, uh, shout out to Buckmaster Cole, um, who set up a podcast, and he's he's always been he's a good friend of mine online and he's always sharing my stuff and whatnot and and listening to it and i said to him and like just jokingly i was like once you start your podcast you will not have time to listen to my stuff i guarantee it (laughs) and then when we finally got a chance to chat when he sort of took a break from his podcast he said that exact thing he was like yeah i just i never have time and it's like you you don't realize like how much goes into podcasting and behind the scenes like you think like oh it must be easy you just sit down talk for an hour or two and then you're done but <laughs> no like <Yeah>. for example <laughs> yeah. this this is all the notes i have just for this podcast where i had to sit down and think like what's logical what would be interesting how does it flow you know there's there's things that you can't anticipate like if your guest for example starts talking about something that's the head of your schedule you can't just be like oh hey can you can you just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and we'll get yeah. to that later like you gotta <laughs> go with the flow
2: for sure for sure
0: i think that it helps that we're uh,
2: similar to us you are uh like an unscripted in a sense podcast so you're not one of those people who's writing out an entire story like can you imagine trying to put together dan carlin have you ever heard of dan carlin
0: oh uh, no i can't say i have oh you
2: have to check this guy out so he has a podcast called hardcore history i think they're not on spotify or itunes you have to get it through his website some of them are free but some of them are are paid um but he's a history expert and puts in Uh, i've heard like 40 hours of work into one episode um but he is such a good storyteller the history is all extremely accurate and obviously took a lot of research um but just an amazing high production show highly recommend that um, I'm not even a huge history guy, and I, I listened to the whole Wrath of the Khan series about Kangas Khan and all this <laughs> stuff. It was fascinating, so cool. Um, but yeah, that would take so much work to do something like that.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, obviously this this is nowhere near the same thing. But like, I remember when I started doing sort of. 'Cause I also do episodes that aren't just interviews, they're like topics where I, either I yeah. or, or I have my co-host Dutch deals that you know we 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 talk at length about a topic and I yeah. really have to approach it in a different way. I have to look at like different angles, like how can this flow like I did an episode on university, for example, and right. I remember recording it one time without much of a plan. And this bear in mind, this is like an hour and a half of me talking, and I was like, this is trash, and I deleted it. came back to it a week later because i'm like i'm sure as hell not doing it again right after i've just done it came back to it with a much more sort of planned out plan if that's that's terrible Uh, (laughs) and it it came out a lot better and i've said this on the podcast before so sorry guys for saying this again but i think it really does kind of go to show that like the level of effort that you put into something will ultimately determine how well that content comes out and you're right that like being a good storyteller is, is re- is a really important part of that. Like I feel like for interviews, um, obviously, as you said, mine is more of a kind of a casual kind of approach, but every guest is different. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it will be a, just a straightforward interview and I'm always kind of a little bit on edge every time I have a new guest on, cause I just don't know how they're going to be like, maybe it's a really right. easy conversation, maybe it's not, you know um, and it's my job to kind of make sure it goes well and that can be tricky at times but yeah I think as long as you you can kind of always look at yourself and and kind of say okay I can tweak this I can work on this and you and you kind of adjust to your guest make sure you're always adjusting to your guest and as you say said before having like a some sort of a narrative or flow with your work really helps.
2: Yeah, I I mean, preparation is definitely a huge part of that. But don't sell yourself short either. I mean, you have obviously the skill to do that. You have to be able to hold a good conversation, uh, be an interesting person, adapt to who you're speaking to. And, and obviously, you've got that nailed. So um yeah, but oh, you can totally does. tell
1: <laughs> you deserve it. Stop it. Um, <laughs> um but you can totally tell. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts for like educational purposes, school. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. awesome for traveling and taking time to study and learn while you're doing it. And I've gone through like maybe five or six. Wo- and, and some of them, it's like, oh, this person's not prepping. They're just sitting down and talking about a topic. And in yeah. and, and the flow, they get off topic. They're there is oh, I forgot to say that. I should jump back and say that. And then you're like, this is really unorganized. Like it's like a terrible lecture. And then yeah. you have the people that are like, you clearly put in the time to make this flow properly. And, and those are the ones that you're going to listen to because it's, it's great. Like people, you're getting something out of it. And whether it's school and learning or, or music or
0: education or anything, like to have that plan, yeah. y- you, you have to have it. You have to have a plan for sure. I think that was or- a lesson I learned this year. I can't remember if it was through my vlogs or through the podcast, but yeah, you're, you're bang on with that. It's the, the thing that I always pay attention to is, is the key thread of the of like what's being discussed at that one point and making sure to always try and steer back to that. Like I'm a big fan of uh, professional wrestling, right? And I always kind of look at it like, think of it like as a wrestling promo. You, you hate how, you hate scripted promos, but you know that every promo has to have some bullet points and has to have a key thread what are you trying to say what's the topic you gotta come back to that because as you say if you go off on too much of a tangent i mean your audience you know will kind of oblige and will let you do that but after a while it's like oh what he was talking about that like 25 minutes ago or whatever like come on yeah exactly "Ah." (laughs) but at the same time on the flip side like if you've got a really good conversation going and then you just interrupt your guest and and just start talking about like oh hey yeah i know we were talking about this but let's get back to you know the main event like (laughs)
3: yeah
2: and ours can get sometimes can get like that too where we we go off on tangents or or and and we allot that space at the beginning of the show for just whatever just randomness and what ends up happening most people probably wouldn't know this but it ends up being sometimes an hour of us talking about who knows what and then it's my job then to go in and edit that down
0: oh no oh, I, do saying,
2: post, so you I do i do post like, like you can believe no i we we don't i don't want to go off for an hour about something <laughs> random we've got three songs to review so you know but if we talk for an hour i might try and cut that down or i might think okay this piece was was really funny let's keep that but let's you know we went we've had a few discussions that we've basically on the, while we're recording on yeah we can't use this, this
3: yeah, totally yeah,
1: inappropriate. yeah. Like, like and i think what when we were when we were first starting <laughs> we were kind of predicting shows to be between like 40 to 50 minutes in the yeah. first one like an hour and a half long and it was like okay so we're gonna be able to talk for way longer than we thought 100 percent, we're on tangents and then it's like yeah okay none of this is usable like someone's gonna judge us for this and in not a good way so we take that out yeah not that we're saying anything too bad but you know, yeah. I think that when you're putting something out there for social media and, you know, you have careers and, and you have to certainly be conscious of, of what you're saying. And that's something that's important to us, like to not offend anyone. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's hard when you get on tangents and you're making jokes and, and you're not being inappropriate per se, but it's like, we want to make sure that everyone's happy with the content.
0: I it's will, like oh, sorry, It's like
2: off. comics though. It's like what comics do, right? So they are perpetually pushing the boundaries a little bit to try and get laughs and get a reaction out of whoever you're, you're chatting with and if that can be taken out of context really easily so we <laughs> might just keep pushing each other and then one of us says something that's totally ridiculous and we
0: realize like oh yeah this probably shouldn't be on the show yeah oh where's the line where's the line where's the line oh there's the line oh shit yeah. let's go back let's go back exactly <laughs> and we
1: have no uh like at least comics have their like fan base and, and their celebrity <laughs> to, to yeah. kind of be like oh wow that was bold and then everyone laughs and goes yeah that's just them but they're like you know eighth episode they're gonna be like who the fuck are the Hearst brothers and these guys are dicks (laughs)
0: that's an interesting that that's an interesting factor actually yeah like how how celebrities kind of get a a free pass for a lot of stuff i mean obviously we have cancel culture now which you know emerging. but yeah it takes a lot for people yeah it's it's interesting how certain people get forgiven but then other people don't like i've always found that dynamic weird you know it's like yeah totally what
1: and like comedians
0: and, and and not
1: yeah not supporting at all but like a comedian can make a totally racist joke and everyone laughs and it's like oh okay that's funny and then it's like but like a podcaster making a racist joke it's like well that's not acceptable
0: on this topic actually <laughs> just because it's topical uh, the, the, the Scottish comedian uh, Frankie Boyle recently sort of had like a pop at Ricky Gervais uh, over going too far with jokes which I just thought in general was hilarious because if you know yeah. anything about Frankie Boyle you know what his humour is like right? and I was so happy with Twitter because a lot of the time when I look at Twitter comments it's like oh, you, you never really know like what the public opinion is but everyone was like hang about you were making jokes You know like 10 years ago on this sort of stuff like you can't say that to him like come on that's audacious at best come on like
2: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and that's what comedy is all about it's not there's no truth to what you're saying it's just you're just trying to make the other (laughs) person laugh yeah there shouldn't be when there is it's a different story but yeah a lot of times we're just trying to get each other going and sometimes it goes to ridiculous places but it's usually not inappropriate it's just like
1: i don't think people want to hear that
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i will say that one of the things you said like about obviously like sort of sticking to like a time limit like oh maybe it's going to be 45 minutes or whatever like it's taken me a while to figure out kind of how long and i don't truthfully have a limit i just look at like yeah how long my guest has um and how the conversation is going and you know my podcasts have ranged anything from 30 minutes up to three hours in some cases but yeah. um I will say that, you know, like I've experienced this through going on other people's shows, that it really sucks sometimes when someone has a very sh- like strict schedule, like, okay, it's only half an hour. Like I was on someone's podcast the other day and we were having a really good time. I was really enjoying the conversation. And then it was like half an hour and he's like, Okay, we're gonna call a rap. And I'm like, Really? I feel like we just got started. Like what what <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but everyone's yeah, different, that- aren't they? You know?
1: And that goes, I feel like with that restraint too, you're gonna get to the point where you're on a good talk and then you have to quickly like rein in and be like okay so i have to ask you this question because i don't want to go over my 30 limit minute yeah. or uh, my yeah my, my 30 minute
0: limit exactly yeah. i feel like it's better to just let it let it happen and then figure out what to do with it afterwards do you know what i mean sure. like, which like circles back
2: to what we what you were bringing up earlier but it's not just that easy you don't just record a conversation and throw it out there um you, you spend hours in post editing uh, and then, you know, even thinking about what I was saying that we want to do next with adding video to it. Well, it's okay. So if I take an uh, hour and 30 minute long recording and then cut out bits and pieces along the way and turn it down to night or whatever, turn it down to an hour. Now I've got to cut the video too to match. Um, that's tough to do. The, yeah. I, I don't, maybe there's a really easy way to do it where you can edit the video and the audio all in one take, but I've not yet figured that out. So <laughs> that would take me hours to
0: get that done. Yeah, I mean I hate editing personally. It's the bane of my life. <laughs> and like I I've said in like I said on a stream that I did the other day, like someone one of my uh friends online was going, Oh, you know, you should get into editing or help your viewing. And I'm like, look, when I have the money, I'll pay someone to be my editor. I am not doing that shit. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Luckily, I'll do it, I'll i do it for
0: mind. the podcast because I have to. It's easy to cut up clips and that, but like, yeah, like yeah. as you say, yeah. like, getting creative with stuff. And the more time you put yeah. into it, it's just it can, yeah it's 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 its own it's 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 a whole kind of um i don't want to say industry but like it kind of is in a way like just editing totally. in general
2: yeah there's a team of people that work behind anything we watch on tv right, anything yeah. you see on you know the big channels on youtube those you know the dude perfect guys they're not sitting there for six hours editing those videos after no. they've got a team of people who are doing that who are skilled at it so yeah, being able to do a little bit of it yourself, I think, is valuable. But goes back to the what we were saying earlier: like, know your strengths. If you're if you're really good at podcasting and creating content, put your effort into that, and yes. then eventually you can pay somebody else to take care of the the nitty gritty stuff
0: that you don't want to do. This is something that I I can't wait for the day that I can have it. Too. No, for real, for real, because I'll be able to do so much more. Because for me, yeah, for sure, easy part. You know, you do your research. Like I would happily just do my research, do the podcast and be like, okay, here you go, go edit this. I'm going to go enjoy myself yeah. rather than spending the next day having to edit this. Cause once this Hold podcast it. is done, that's what I'll be doing. I'll be editing yeah. <laughs> like, you know. and it, it is you. fine. Like I, I love to do podcasts, but it's like, um, as you say, you play to your strengths, you play to, to what you're good at, what you and what you enjoy doing as well. I think if you don't enjoy doing it, then that can, sort of make the whole process kind of lackluster and you're just like trying to do it just to get it done and that's not yeah. really how it should be really in, in retrospect.
2: completely agree we've taken the same kind of idea to music as well so we record everything ourselves. i'm still learning and obviously this is a long journey for mixing and mastering music but i've gotten a lot better but i'm still at the point where i don't really get the sound that i'm looking for when mixing our music and so now I've, I, we've just started outsourcing that. So we'll record everything. I'll put together a really rough demo of, okay, this is how I want it to all come together and send it over to somebody who knows what they're doing, who works in a studio and just let them mix it. And then I work with them back and forth to tweak certain things that I may
1: or may not like. Um, and then, yeah, and, and- just we can focus yeah. on songwriting and and, t- and exactly like you were just saying touching back on that as soon as you are able to do that and it's not like we're certainly not paying like high-end professionals no. to do it like these are people that are starting out with mixing that their passion is mixing so it's like great we can work together but yeah. as soon as it's like well instead of learning how to mix for another eight hours of the day we can start making another song yes. like, you can. same with you instead of when you get to that point instead of spending the, the rest of the day editing you can do another podcast. You can start the research for the next podcast. So as soon as you get exactly. to that level, you get to really focus on what you're enjoying and uh, really putting more time into that. So just a, a waiting game, long haul. Yeah,
0: <laughs> can't can't wait for that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on now. You, obviously, you mentioned music. Let's let's talk about music. Uh, you guys, obviously, in a band. Um, how did you first get into music? Like, where did it all begin for you guys? oh geez (laughs) uh want me to start and then yeah you can start yeah Yeah, it all began with (laughs) yeah it all
1: began with the grand. no we had a piano in our house and i think we both grew up with uh like starting i don't know what age you begin piano at but like four years old five years old whatever the age might be um and our parents aren't particularly musical like they love music but they don't play instruments they so i don't know why but uh yeah we grew up playing piano Um, kind of went through that phase of piano's not cool anymore. Quit (laughs) piano. Um, John got into guitar a lot earlier. I didn't really get on that train until like mid-university. Oh wow. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I kind of so I got back into piano a lot more too, when it was like I can learn it on my own terms with YouTube, um, songs that I want to play. Like, and that's where I was struggling with piano. Like we're learning to play classical music, and that's just not something that that I get excited about. Um Yeah. And then maybe like third, fourth year university was when I really got back into guitar, like taught myself guitar from YouTube pretty much. Um, Joined a band in university. And then when I graduated and now back in university, but that's kind of what brought us to this point where we started like being like, wow, we should
0: probably just write our own stuff and, and put together our own music now. So you sort of jammed when you were younger, but then this was like the first time you're like, hey, maybe we should do something a bit more professional. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, the bands we were, I was in 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 university. Like, we have two EPs and a full album Mm -hmm. put out. So it was like, but it was kind of like just we were. It was all my good buddies, and we were having fun doing it. And it was kind of our entire spare time was just put towards like playing live music and recording and writing songs. But in terms of like you guys specifically, like what, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I came into
2: that story later. So, again, Mark mentioned I picked up guitar at a really young age, got really into guitar, played it forever, put all the hours in when I was young, which was great. Um, (laughs) And then um, basically focused on really solo kind of isolation music. Um, When I was in university, I was playing like looping a lot. So using a looper, trying to cover songs by myself, ended up buying a drum kit, taught myself how to play drums. Uh, And it was really just all about me. Never really jammed with anybody else and wasn't even totally confident singing at that point. And then it wasn't until, yeah, we graduated university. Mark had his band. I think they came up to our cottage once and played some music and was like, why don't you play with us? I'm like, all right, I'll play with you guys. Cool. And then we just realized how much fun that was in itself, jamming and playing live. So we started to grow and then I started diving hard into that world of live music and we got all the gear. We got the PA systems, brought everything up to the cottage and it just evolved from there. Started our, you know, our charitable organization where we do live concerts for raising money for fighting blindness. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah. So that's something we do uh, usually twice a year, but this year uh, we just did one virtually. So we have all our friends over play a huge cover show, raise a bunch of money, send it off to a great charity to support vision research. And then yeah it basically a year ago we decided we should probably just write our own music and then i dove down that rabbit hole head first uh jumped into you know bought logic started buying all the gear that i needed and learning how to mix and yeah we're a year into it basically writing our own music
0: yeah uh, pretty much. T- t- talk me through your songwriting process because i think everyone every musician has a different way they do it you know Bowie famously used to cut up pieces of newspaper and put it together, yep. and that's how he made his yep. lyrics. And I'm pretty sure some drugs were involved too. But <laughs> uh, for you guys, like, what's your process? So I'll start this one
2: because we have a very different process for two different styles of music, which I guess uh. our fans are, have yet to hear. So the first couple songs that we did was very much just a learning, a learning situation. So, you know yeah figured out what works for us just wrote a couple cool licks marks in ireland i'd say hey he'd, he'd record something on his guitar maybe a lick or riff or a chord progression send it to me i'd record drums on it then send it back to him he records bass and we just kind of conglomerate this mess of a song and then at the very end the lyrics get written in like five minutes um because oh, wow we,
0: okay
2: yeah more uh, yeah i did a lot of like freestyle rapping and stuff like that so it just really really quickly improv just throw down a couple of verses in a chorus and
0: you it happens do you do you you sort of like because what i tend to do like my songwriting process has changed over the years in terms of like it used to be lyrics have to be written first come in and then write the song right yeah Um, and always like and sometimes i still do that like if i have some lyrics ready i'll try and fit them to the song and whatever right yeah these days uh i find myself kind of like i sit down with my guitar and I do the reverse. I start jamming I'm like, oh, I like this. I start humming. I'm like, mm. and then I think about like how, you know, the music makes me feel, you know, uh, emotion wise or whatever. And then I start riffing like lyrics and it kind of like, I'm basically writing both at the same time, which is a terrible way to do things, but it works. I don't know for me. Um, yeah. So like, is that kind of what you mean? Like you sort of like, you have, Everything sort of ready and then you're kind of just jamming and and trying to see like what works lyrically, like what makes sense?
2: totally yeah just most of it comes off the top we had we didn't really put much thought into the lyrics I think the the latest single that we released we kind of sat down together but it was really quick it was like hum the melody okay I like the way that that sounds that sounds cool and then for the words we'd I'd almost freestyle something Where that may not make total sense. And then afterwards, we went back and kind of analyzed, like, okay, this would make more sense for the theme of the song of what we're trying. Like, we're trying to build a bit of a story out of the foundation that we've got laid. Um, And then that one came together like that. Now we're working on um, a new EP. We've got four songs in the works and they're very much hip hop influenced, which is totally a left hand turn from what we were doing, which was more (laughs) of your indie rock style. So we've done real instrumentation real music that could be played live but then that catchy almost pop like choruses with a lot of layers and then just rapping just hip-hop <laughs> rapping as the verses and it's been a lot of fun uh but not, really none of that is written either it's just very much freestyle
0: cool cool um how does being related being siblings affects you know your, well, your songwriting, you know, gigging together, being... Obviously, as you mentioned, you know, you've been in different projects as well outside of, of this, but like, you know, often we hear about famous sibling rivalries, like Oasis, for instance, in the UK, you know, famously the, yeah. the Gallagher brothers were at each other's throats. And it, it, some people would argue that creates very good music as a result and also creates, you know, problems as well. Like, you guys seem like you're very close and like there's not really any issues ever. But like, do you ever kind of find... Uh, contrasts or things there that don't exist you know outside of, of you know working together or anything like that?
1: wow well, yeah that's a good question. Um, I feel like we're both just really similar and we like the same style of music. that's what I was gonna we say. we like and, and so no like there's really never any conflict between us it's kind of like and we're we're really half the time you know we'll sit down start making a song we both like oh yeah do that again like i like what you're doing there record that down yeah you oh what if you do something like this and then after two hours it might be like all right let's put that aside and just start with something new because we both just (laughs) weren't really feeling it right like it's just so we always just i don't know i think it's just we're excited about everything we're doing and yeah i've never there's never like you know and and if if it's something i really want to try like i think this bass really cool let's try and mix it in somewhere then it's like all right let's see what we can do like we, there's sure. never like nah yeah I, and I've we had never that one team. track even that we <laughs> recorded improv like
2: we we have hundreds of songs that we've recorded and then stopped and not gone anywhere with mm-hmm. and maybe we'll touch back on those another day or whatever but we had that one that you weren't a huge fan of you kind of forgot about it and then i took it one day as an inspiration and then put a ton of work into it and built it built it built it built it built it up and then showed it back to you and you're like I don't even remember doing this this is amazing yeah yeah. so you know and then the same thing might happen otherwise where Mark will be in Dublin and he'll put together a whole song from something that we did or from just an idea he had and he'll send it to me and I'll be like wow that's amazing let's go with that so we just really are super open-minded and we use each other's contributions and and we both can do it on our own too. So if we wanted to, I can write a song, he can write a song. I might like it. I might add to it. Or we might decide as a team, yeah, let's scrap this project.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll look back in a few years.
0: How do you communicate to each other? Like if one of you really sort of likes the song and one of you hates it or isn't feeling it. Obviously, as you said, you guys have got a really good relationship by the sound of things. And you know, you, you, as you said, you're open-minded. So I'm guessing obviously the communication is very laid back and and chilled and quite easy right but like obviously it's never nice having to be constructive um you can obviously put it in a nice way. That's always something you can do that I think a lot of people forget about. But um, how do you kind of voice that? How do you say, hey, I'm not really feeling this or, you know, I hate this. Like, how do you voice that to each other?
1: I think exactly how you just said it. It's like so simple. Like we're not going to get offended by what someone says. So like we were doing something yesterday. John put in this little like horn section. I'm like, "Eh, I wasn't feeling it. Didn't say much. Maybe it'll add when we add some other stuff. 20 minutes later, it was like, john i'm not feeling that horn section i think i think we got to pull it or change it do something and then it's just like yeah you know what you're right and at the end of the day like i don't think we want to release any music where one of us isn't happy about it so like if i if i put in a riff and john's like i don't know how i feel about that i'm not going to be like oh come on i really it's like ah maybe i'll use it in another project maybe i'll use it somewhere else but if you don't like it and we're not feeling the song together
0: then we're not going to release the song such a refreshing attitude to have i must say this brings back a lot of memories for me i mean i think when when i first started being in a band i was a bit of a hard case i was like the leader so i was really like getting on everyone's case about things and i I definitely know that i could have voiced things better but one thing i was proud of is that i always allowed everyone to just give it a try even if i didn't feel what they were doing i was like well we should just try this idea and see how it sounds with what we're doing and stuff but um yeah like the way you voice things like what you just said there is the perfect way to voice that you say hey well maybe we won't use it for this project maybe we'll use it for something else and like just how you communicate these things because i think a lot of the time people forget how personal music is and like because it's essentially like an expression of the soul isn't it in a way it's kind of like a creative kind of expression of yourself so if someone goes that's shit. It's like, there's almost like they're saying your shit. And even though you know that's not what they mean, it's how it feels.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think it's like un, unwritten, kind of what Mark was saying. It's like an unwritten code between us that neither of us wants to put anything out that the other person's not stoked on. Yes. So if he doesn't totally love the song, even if it, maybe I've put 20 hours into mixing and recording this track and I send it to him, and he's like, yeah, I, I don't really like that. Then I wouldn't put
1: it out. Yeah, I think just, it's okay. got to be
0: bad majority isn't it you got to have like sure. three, yeah. three out of four love it and one guy hates it You take the majority yeah. but if it's yeah. like and we only have we two only have
1: two so it's like <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> well, well i mean like, we yeah, have we our, our drummer that plays with us but we he just plays with us so we write the music <laughs> and it's like yeah so it's like hey if, if we both don't like it then it's not going out we change something right
0: fair enough fair enough um, just very briefly I want to mention one thing about the podcast but it's more to do with the music side of things how has the podcast actually benefited your music in terms of promotion and networking and stuff I know we've touched on this a little bit before Mm -hmm. but I just want to focus on your music specifically
2: yeah great question I mean it's really early it's too early to tell Um, and right now i have not even been watching if if our music is growing because we're so focused on what's next and what's upcoming um and so maybe we'll start to see a kick in the way that we promote our new ep i think we're still probably at least four or five months out so we've, we've got a long road ahead of us before we start releasing that um but i think just having it all interconnected makes sense from a future standpoint so you know if you like the podcast you like us you kind of like our personalities you go over to our website where we have all the podcast info but our own music's also there as well. So you're going to learn a little bit more about the band. And maybe when you go on our YouTube channel and you watch our videos, there's also a separate playlist that's got our own music videos. And maybe you're interested in that as well if you're a fan. Maybe you're not, it doesn't really matter. We, if we get you in one area, then that's good enough for us. Um, but I, I think it makes sense, like you said, streaming across as many different platforms as you can, whether it be podcast music, you know, video content, or even just being on all of the different platforms i think it makes sense to just push that brand out there
0: i think yeah as, as well it's, it's really cool as far as like just being content creators as well uh because yeah. that may, you know, being more kind of likable um i'm not wording in this well building a following through that kind of almost encourages people to check out your music as a kind of like oh you guys do music as well and it's like kind of Do you know what I mean? There's that that element to it. I think I was was even saying that the other day, that
1: if there's someone that subscribes to the podcast and they like it, chances are they're going to be like, oh, you know, I want to know who these guys are. Like, if I'm going to listen to them, you know, once every two Mondays, I'm going to figure out who they are and see, and then you're going to be like, oh, they listen, they make their own music. They're probably going to check it out, whether it's their style of music or not. At least there's someone that knows about
0: it and they watched it and, you know, so that's cool in its own. It's like I've had different people say to me, like, oh, Christian, you know, you should put the podcast on its own, you know, channel. You should do this. You should do that. And I've always said since the beginning of my channel that, you know, it's a variety channel. It's that's the purpose. That's what I see as the vision for it. Cause from my perspective, I like this idea of you come on, you don't really know what to suspect. Like it expects, sorry. Is there going to be an original song? Is there going to be a cover song, an acting video, a podcast episode? Like you don't know, like I like that element to it, but it's yeah. as we were just talking about, I like this kind of idea that if someone really likes the podcast or really likes my acting videos and they subscribe and follow stuff for that, then they might check out the other stuff. And, you know, cause I think that, for example, like, you know, you guys aren't always going to be writing music every day. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's the same with me. I'm not doing acting stuff 24-7. So it's always like what's happening in the moment. And sometimes certain things get neglected a little bit at a certain time. You always come back to them. But like, you're, you're sort of focusing in the moment on what's going on so you kind of want your audience to kind of move with you with everything you do and as you said before like kind of subscribe to that brand build that brand and then people subscribe to that and they're not just focused on like oh hey why aren't you guys uploading covers or why haven't you done this or whatever you know for sure for sure
2: i mean people don't remember what you say they remember how you make them feel and that's why, and that's what brands play on so hard. It's not really just about the content that you're looking at, it's the experience that you get when you're watching it. So, whether it's music, whether it's podcast, content, acting, whatever it is, you can have that all in the same brand, all in the same bucket. Um, and if you've got a true believer in someone who enjoys that experience and they enjoy how you make them feel, they're sold, they're hooked. And you've got a fan, a real fan.
0: It's like whenever and we're you watch hoping for one, yeah.
2: one day, we want one real fan.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you have many fans already, man. Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, not many, <laughs> but we've got some good fans. I can't tell yeah, we those do. people story. We're we're fucking yeah. huge. Yeah. A couple ahead yeah, of us. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say about um how with like, you know, Coca-Cola does that you know the, the brand you know i can't remember the last time they actually did an advert where like one of the people in the advert says hey would you like a coca-cola like they might like, sort of hand it symbolically but it has fuck all to do with the product it's all pretty much sure. about you know as you say building the brand building the story building something that people can subscribe to in some shape or form like i think that's what people are always looking for in general is something relatable something they can kind of something that makes them as you said makes them feel something that's what
2: everybody exactly. wants you just want to feel something
3: <laughs>
2: and that can go anyway yeah take it how you want <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i got such a dirty mind man I just, uh, it was a special uh, moment but i was like this is funny <laughs> this is why we have a lot of cuts on our episode because yeah. we don't hold back oh i keep everything in man this is staying in beautiful <laughs> Noted. Tell me about your worst gigging experience, your worst show ever, or some some worst stories ever. <laughs> um, you go first. Oh boy,
1: uh, <laughs> you suffer first. I'm saving mine. Bro. Yeah. Well, I'll, um, okay, this wasn't the worst because it was cool, but it's along those lines. Um. And kind of just a funny slash if you were trying to be gigging a terrible experience we played so after covid uh or no during covid me and john were at home for you know a few months and we we were like let's nail so with full backtrackings, because it was just us we had all the drums all the horns all the background vocals and where we made like you know maybe like a 17 18 song set, set list that we could play all covers all great songs that we liked and middle of covid so we can't have any guests we go up north we have the coolest setup on a dock on the lake set up all the gear pa everything and we played probably an hour and a half two hours straight to my mom my dad both of our girlfriends and that's it so it wasn't (laughs) a bad or a fail it (laughs) was but like just something hilarious about hitting that last note to like beat it by michael jackson being like whoa looking at each other fart sweating pumped up and like two people way to go boys like <laughs> woo,
0: and uh, very underwhelming dude I've been there so many times like true true story my first bands uh, like last show like the, this is like we knew we were broken, breaking up that day so we put everything into it but fuck me man it was literally my ex-girlfriend the sound engineer and I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and we are like this heavy metal band trying to get into it. it is yeah. a glorified band practice. <laughs> just... Yeah, those
1: are fun. Yeah, and that's why I said it's not a terrible experience because nah. we set it up on purpose, knowing there oh, wouldn't yeah. really, like knowing it wasn't a show, but uh, kind of just a hilarious experience because yeah, pl- playing really hard, getting into it for like four people. Good times, good times.
2: Lots of fun. Yeah, I had a similar experience during COVID this year as well. Set up a live stream by one of the universities. They actually reached out to me and said, would you guys like to play on a live stream? We're going to do a concert for the students. I'm like, fantastic. Yeah, of course. We'd love to. And they go, how much should we pay you? We're like, oh, wow. We don't even need to get paid. We're, I said, do a donation in our name to the, the charity that we work with. They're like, fantastic, right? So we, Mark couldn't make it because he was in Dublin that night. And I was like, I'll play. And it was late at night. So you would have had to wake up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. to play. So I'll play for you guys. No problem. I played a live stream for an hour in front of four people. (laughs) I didn't do any of the promoting. The school did it. And he goes, yeah, in retrospect, it was a pretty busy time for students. They A lot of them had midterms and exams. It's probably (laughs) bad timing. Um, I'm like, all right very odd especially nobody in front of you nothing you're just playing live music which i guess i do on my own anyways but yeah
0: do you know i think there's this thing this unspoken thing that exists because like every single band ever when they start out it's always the same thing you end up playing either to other bands sound engineer girlfriends family whatever like basically no one right yeah and i think it's this kind of i like to call it the no one gives a fuck about you concept where as soon as you get just like known a little bit it just flip reverses so like a good example of this right i I remember seeing this clip which you can find online it's um rage against the machine's first ever gig i implore everyone to go check it out i may have seen it it's yeah it's them playing um and they do have an audience to be fair right but they're playing at like a university It's their first time gigging and I shit you not it's it's like any other show they ever play it's just amazing and there's legit I mean there is an audience but there's like what probably 10 people there or whatever most people just walking past and I'm like fucking rage against the machine and you're walking past and of course like no one knew who they were then right they were nobodies I get that but still the music was fantastic and I put it down to this concept it's not it's not even about how good you are you can be amazing it doesn't matter until you are known and people are sort of like talking about you because your name keeps popping up places or they saw you on a tv or they saw you in this place people will just walk by you can you can yeah. be amazing and the people won't care it's, it's only when something really unique like i don't know you see a 10 year old singing on the street and he's got the voice of an angel or some shit maybe then you pay attention yeah goes viral but other than that it, most of the time yeah being a band is a slog in the beginning and it's mostly like two to three years of, of being nobody and then maybe you make it.
2: <laughs> for sure. and then there's those people that made it but maybe aren't amazing and then they yeah. have all fans who are signing up oh my god I'm going to go see a concert with so and so you don't even know who that person is you haven't listened to any of their music you're just hyped up because of the name and they're not even that good
1: that happens too.
0: that's the word oh do you know I remember seeing um... Are you familiar with the metal band uh, Dragon force
1: I know from my one of my buddies is from like I've just outside it. London, UK as well, uh, okay, like Adam, so- and he's a big fan. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, um, not a huge. I don't know, but he's he's definitely showed me some of their stuff. Okay, sorry to Adam. I'm gonna shit on Dragon force now. Oh, that's okay. uh, So basically, back in <laughs> the day, shit on them. <laughs> the, in, in about 2007, this video game came out, uh, Guitar Hero 3 and their song was on it through the fire and the flames and everyone was going nuts because it was like you know just really fast speedy solos it sounded amazing right we were all blown away we were all like you know 13 year old kids going oh my god this is amazing right now there's this super show in london i grew up in in london right and it had everyone it had machine head trivium shadows fall uh some other band i can't remember but and and dragon force they weren't headlining but they were just playing live uh as like the second or third bill and we were all pumped because of the hype of the band you know we really didn't know what to expect they come on stage now okay i'm going to be fair herman lee was uh, exceptional the rest of the band utter trash (laughs) i don't understand what was going on there maybe they were having a bad day i don't know but they were awful And the crowd booed them, which is the first time I've ever seen that at a show ever. Because normally you just give a band the benefit of the doubt. But if it's a big band and you paid money to be there, I kind of get why people get angry, right? And they were literally being booed off the stage. And they were supposed to have like a 30 minute set. I think they left after like 15 minutes. And it was the only time (laughs) in my life I've heard the singer and the band say, you're the worst crowd we've ever played to. We're leaving, fuck you. And they walked off and we all cheered when they left and then <laughs> yeah. i think like trivium oh, wow. came on next and everyone lost their mind for sure but it's a perfect example of like i don't know how i mean i, I don't want to say that they're totally bad cuz i don't think that's really true but i think that like you do need to be on top of your game you know yeah. if you and really the hype
2: outread the performance
0: yeah i mean they're, 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 i mean let's let's give a more fair example there are a lot of pop musicians out there who yeah. you know everyone says is amazing but when you hear them live they're out of tune and I think that that is just unacceptable. Um, they don't have to be the most amazing singer of all time, but they need to be in tune. They need to be sounding how they at least sound on the records, because otherwise it's, it's like false advertisement, it's like missing. Yeah,
1: I think that's a talent in itself, is being able to like reproduce the music that you put on. And to me, I would never want to put out a record where you couldn't reproduce it to an acceptable quality. Um, yeah. Yeah. and then maybe you're just not a touring band if you can't do that like you shouldn't be having people pay for money to come watch you live if you cannot perform your music but i just
0: think that's kind of nonsensical in a way like I, I get i completely agree with you but i do feel that like maybe this only applies to like musicians that and forgive me for this but like don't use in- like instruments like just do everything by computer because i feel like bands you know like you you play the songs together you write the songs together you learn the songs and then when you go to the studio it's essentially just the best representation of that but like for example when when i did my first um metal record um there were some songs that had like very high vocal notes in it and obviously they sound very polished on the record right but i could hit those notes and i put a lot of time and effort into hitting them and there's videos online of me doing it and i was always proud of that and i took a lot of pride in that and i always worked on it to try and make it as good as i possibly could but in my mind i thought i can't put out a record where i can't sing like that That, 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 that's just false that that's like people are just going to come see us and and at a point where you're trying to build yourself if people come and see you and they go oh it doesn't sound like what was on the record like what's what's going on there like i don't know it's just bizarre to me the thing is though
2: everybody has a number so if Warner Brothers music comes to you and they're like, Christian, we're going to give you $50 million. You're not even going to sing on the album. <laughs> you're basically going to be Britney Spears. You're going to have no talent whatsoever. And we're going to fake the entire thing. And you're going to be a sensational superstar. There's a number where most people will, will budge. Th- you might be down, like but... myself. I'm, I, I probably would rather take my own life than deal with that. I, I would uh, turn
0: it down. Because no, because yeah. for, for the for two reasons right and i know people will be like oh bullshit come on man everyone's got a number like but you got to look at it like this like you're essentially selling your soul That's 100% like you yeah. look at how fucked Britney Spears is right now like her situation like they yeah, that industry well. owns her which is crazy to think about yeah. but like and this is why that like, i've spoken to other musicians about this on the podcast before why you know, I think it's, it's just not worth signing with major labels anymore. Like it's much better to be an independent musician and get like a distribution deal for your stuff. Because if you go for a record label, like what you're forgetting is they're a business and they want to make money off of you. They're not trying to make you money. They're trying to make money off of you and they will give you a deal where they make the most of the money, which you're writing the songs, you're writing the music. Like, okay. Yeah. You gave the example of a situation where they give you a big amount and yeah, you don't have any involvement in the, in the situation, but like in that scenario, they own you, and you have to do everything they say, and yeah. you're not going to get to enjoy that money. You're probably going to have to spend it. Just I don't know on whatever, like probably self maintenance, keeping yourself looking the way that you look for however long the contract is. I don't know. Like it, it's not going to be all sunshines and daisies. You know, it's going to be hard work and then when you come out of that contract you've got nothing to show for it like you don't own yeah. your music and i feel like music especially these days is is so much more respected when when the musician has actually written their work it's not to say that i'm holding anything against like musicians that don't write their own work i think that it's it's a combination of factors it's the talent of the singer how yeah. they work on their craft and then the music itself it's all different elements of a, a big puzzle but I do think that you, you tend to always revere those musicians that write their own work. Like they're the ones that tend to be remembered more and revered more because it just of how, I suppose, you know, the songwriting thing is, you know, for some people it comes naturally, for other people it's not so easy. And I think that's probably where the element of like, you know, the admiration maybe comes from.
1: Yeah. And I think you connect with those people more too like when it's when this is your work this is your story like every song i'm a big believer myself like first round through listening to a song i just kind of like sit and think about it like listen to a couple instruments but just think about how that makes me feel where would i want to be listening to this song and when i know that they wrote it themselves it's their music this is what they wanted to release that's just awesome because i'm looking at them for that inspiration rather than oh this is a beautiful song but like you're, you don't mean really anything to me because you're just singing it or something and, and you know I applaud you on a fantastic voice but that's that's just like you said that's one part of it and to me the, the music is way more than just having a great voice totally couldn't agree more
0: and one of the things that you mentioned there was inspirations which leads me on to my next question who are your musical inspirations
1: <sighs> oh boy
0: so
2: many we listen to so many different types of music for me that's the right answer <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if i had to pick two artists you may not have even heard of either of them one john butler trio yes amazing band cool Guitar He's player so cool. so talented so skilled sounds exactly like the record i went and saw him live last year he sounds perfect and just incredibly skilled Um, probably one of the best guitar players in the world. So I'm, yeah, huge John Butler Trio fan. And then number two would be uh, a kind of a newer guy, Shaky Graves. You heard of him? I haven't heard of him, no. Got to check him out. It's extremely talented. How how do you you spell that? (laughs) Shaky. Like
1: my hand is shaky from too much coffee. Yeah, S-H-A-K-E, and then Graves. As it sounds, G R A V E S. Um, so yeah, he's from Austin, Texas, or Houston, Texas, I believe. Austin, I got to uh, say,
0: I've had musicians on the sh- show to interrupt here, but I've I've had no, so many musicians on my um, show from Texas. There's something yeah. about Texas and music and <laughs> culture, like seriously, man. Yeah. Well, they love their music, and
1: there's probably what like 80 million people in Texas. Yeah. so you got a good shot. <laughs> But no, he, yeah, he, that would have been one of mine. And I don't think this is inspiration for like, where do we try and base our music off? But okay. it's inspiration as like a whole, like our music doesn't sound anything like theirs. But no. it's kind of just like them as a person and how, how true they are about their music and how yeah, passionate yeah, yeah, yeah. they are about it and how they have their style and they just go with it and they absolutely love it. Um, Shaky Graves was one of the most incredible people I've ever seen live um yeah. he does he's his band band music is fantastic but he does lots of songs with he does dual kick drum and uh, like a tambourine with his feet while playing guitar wow. and incredible it's unbelievable and, and a like, one-man band Then he, he is so good <laughs> and so you see these youtube videos and it's like oh my god this is unbelievable like he does audio tree live and it's some of the coolest performances i've seen and then i saw so in Dublin, my girlfriend was like, oh, no, so I'm a huge fan. He came to Dublin. It was like 120 euros. And I was like, I can't do that. that that's, I can't afford that. I'm a student. So, Dublin is as expensive as it is. Like, so oh, yeah. yeah, yeah no, like, <laughs> uh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And, uh, but so we you, Ryanair flight, 15 euros and a 15 euro hey. ticket to go see Shaky Graves and a 30 euro Airbnb for the night in Brussels. So, one night to, to <laughs> Brussels for what, I, I mean, maybe was i $55, 65 euros. And so, I was like, all right, you know what? That's doable. And I get to see Brussels. And it was 25 people in this bar. And in in in, in Texas, you will play to like, you know, 70,000 people,
0: 80,000. Like oh, my God. That's the best kind of show to Nobody yeah. knew,
1: like… Only the 25 people knew who he was and no one, yeah.
0: obviously, because it was
1: incredible. What, to I mean, meet him. I, oh, yeah. We were talking with him, drinking some pints with him. Ah, it was yeah. unbelievable. And by far, I was just like, that's the coolest musical experience I've ever had in my life. Fuck yeah, so, Huge inspiration on him. He just, everything about him. And like I said, yeah. not the music, but just everything about what he does for music and how he approaches music and writing music in his band. is like, that is an inspiration
0: check them out yeah, yeah I, I will yeah. i will i will for me for me music is a gift like i know that sounds all cringy but what i mean by that is like whenever because i've got an open mind like you guys and my music interests and what i listen to is literally everything all different genres but as far as like inspiring my playing style and my songwriting yeah it comes down to the same factors you know like the way a person thinks the way they approach it like whatever yeah, but um absolutely but quick yeah,
1: uh, just to mention too, I believe Shaky Graves tried to, to start his career as an actor as well.: So right, you might really connect with him on that level. I, I think, think he was did. doing acting in Broadway, and he was really trying to get into yeah. right. And then he tells this crazy story about how he busted out a, his guitar at like a campfire, and it was just like this musical experience and journey, and that was like what really got him more down the track of like pursuing music as a
0: career rather than acting. Really, really cool, interesting guy. I imagine he probably had like, a lot of adoring women looking at him at the campfire, like going, oh, and he was like, There's something to this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I play, and the women come 100%. Oh, yeah, I have, have the power. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, okay, okay, back to and me, that's this. why we're in it. <laughs> Tell me so, about your best gigging experiences. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell a quick one, then you give one.
1: Um, unfortunately, mine would... Well, okay, we've had some awesome experiences together, but I'm going to tell one uh, before with my previous I gotta band. I got to do a bathroom break, too, so you yeah, tell perfect, this. I'll be right back. perfect, perfect. Um, so with my previous band, we, we had this, like, unique scenario where at our university, there was this kind of, like, lodge And it's a city, but it was like this lodge, all wooden cabin. And for about 10 years, it's been given to students who love music, who are passionate about the arts. And those people, like you kind of like interview to get a spot at living in this house and total like open roof, like double floors with all these wooden beams and then massive stage. And we throw concerts in there and all the money is like raised for charity, donated back to the community. And so when I like kind of learned guitar in like third year, I I, I was kind of hanging out with this new friend who's now my best friend. And he was the singer songwriter. And then it kind of all collaborated in fourth year with like drummer, a violinist. And we had the final show after my graduation at this concert. And then so my buddy lived there, which essentially was like I lived there. And we had this this concert and it was unbelievable like it was like the first like wow i feel like a rock star like everyone is pumped none of us are wearing shirts there's like 400 people jammed into this lodge um and i and i think the music went really well like and everyone was just so excited and so happy so by far that was just like the coolest musical experience i've had personally
0: Sounds awesome, dude. Everyone's yeah, got un- one show un- everywhere. Un- it's like, yeah, yeah,
2: man, that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for me, it was our last um, charity concert, the concert for the blind that we did. It was just an all-around great show. We learned some lessons along the way on how much we need to set up, what we need, like how you know structured the whole show needs to be. We had someone you know we had our engineer there who was really really talented so it just sounded really good it was one of the first times where i was really happy with the sound we were getting it sounded really good in the room too and i remember playing one of our funnier songs i remember playing play that funky music white boy (laughs)
3: yeah we love it too we love Love
2: that right like our crowd is all different ages so it's just you know people songs that people like so how can you not like
0: songs like that like i feel like that if you play the classics from the 70s 60s like everyone loves that surely exactly oh yeah yeah,
1: we did a funk set that night and it was so much
0: fun so much fun i remember
2: singing that song and again, you get lost when you're playing and singing and I'm always trying to remember the words. And I remember singing it and looking up and just seeing like a hundred people really dancing and just singing along with me. And, and I'm like, this is what it must feel and like. Yeah. And shouting, <laughs> play that funky music back at yeah, yeah. that's like the recall. It was like, damn, this feels oh, so good so to so have, good. have the room just loving what you're doing. And it was, uh, you know, you just chase that feeling forever. You just, I want that bigger. How how incredible yeah. would it feel for somebody as a musician to play a stadium and have
0: thirty thousand people singing your song?
2: I that, think it's understand.
0: especially cool when you think about like where you wrote the song. Yeah, like, you often hear stories about like musicians, like I don't know Ed Sheeran, like talking about like, oh yeah, you know, I was playing Wembley to like hundred thousand people, and like I wrote this song in my bedroom about some girl. I- you know, I yeah, I love to spray my heart, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it must be yeah. crazy. Like, I'm sure he's probably had moments where he's on that stage going like, fuck, man.
2: I bet they all have. <laughs> <laughs> I bet
0: anyone who's had that experience, like, I
2: don't think we can comprehend no, what that feels like. No. No chance.
3: Maybe
1: one day.
2: Maybe one day, if it ever happens, then then you'll have that chance to be like, oh yeah, this is what I was talking about back in 2020. <laughs> and it's way cooler than I could have imagined.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna move the conversation over to just like random questions so love it don't don't be don't yeah. be scared it's all just random um but we've met we've mentioned quite a few times dublin dublin ireland and uh i just wanted to ask you this because i've been to du- uh, uh, dublin and uh, it's a great place i encourage everyone after covid to go there it's it's very it's very um i don't think it's just a good european city good people good alcohol good good times you know the irish are fun agreed and, but there's some weird shit there as well. And uh, I remember oh, boy. The, the National History Museum in Dublin. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't all know right. if, it's, it's, if it's like a smaller building or if it's like just one building, but I walked in there and it was all like taxidermy, like um, just stuffed, <laughs> stuffed animals. Uh, it was like everywhere you looked, was stuffed animals which is amazing like really fucking weird (laughs) like Like
1: in the window like you can see like kind of in the basement from the street and there's like a stuffed leopard or something and it's like
0: oh that's that's weird that's unique It's just gonna like, cause I've seen this everywhere. Like I've been in in houses in Europe where like people have like these old century like mansions and they got like a fucking deer's head on the on the wall or something, and it always freaks me out. I don't care. Like I know people are used to it and stuff, but I get freaked out. It's a, it's a dead animal and we hang it on our walls. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, We're a species. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. But I just wondered if you if you'd been there because I I always found that as a bit of a little gem in, in Ireland like yeah yeah I mean I've been there for almost five years now so I've okay. certainly experienced most of Dublin and uh, I have
1: been there I've seen what, the tax for firsthand
0: what do you think about like, the good the good and the bad parts about uh, Dublin oh
1: yeah it like I've enjoyed it uh, I'm almost done I'm finishing up my schooling in like four months and I'm gonna be sad to leave like the I think one of the coolest parts is how like, when you said how nice people are, but how social everyone is. Like, I love the bar scene, mainly because the music is incredible. Like, any yeah. pub you go into, there's these phenomenal musicians. And I found some incredible guys that I kind of follow on, like, a local basis. And I'm going to really miss, like, not seeing those people play. Uh, cause, and you probably can't yeah. find them online. Like, I, I think that's just where they are, and that's what they do. So, oh, maybe yeah, I know can- what you mean. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, like maybe go back in 10 years and hope that they're probably still there and just reconnect with that. So like that's something I'm I'm going to miss. Um and then on the same same side of the other side of the coin uh the bars and the partying is just like extreme sometimes and you see some like ultimate lows of dublin (laughs) uh and for the okay so i'll tell a story and it's it's pretty terrible but we're walking down this bar and then it was like oh let's let's go to this other one where there's this guy playing like i pretty much focus all of the bars and, and pubs around music so it's like i know this guy's playing at nine let's go check it out oh we'll cut down this alley and there's just this guy leaning against the wall taking a shit in the alley and it's like oh boy okay <laughs> uh and, we, and it's just like he, he doesn't say anything he looks up kind of gives you like the the nod I don't know what the nod is but he gives oh, you uh, like, uh, and you just like give him the nod back carry on through um and by no means like I don't think that this individual was homeless I I think it was just like I gotta just go. Wrecked. Yeah, yeah. Like wrecked rather do it there than in like their uh, their stalls and in, in Dublin are disgusting. Yeah. Um <laughs> like I'm, that I'm that less likely like to catch a disease
0: that. or die if I just shit on yeah. the compared to going to the local toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Oh god. So lots of those kinds of stories. And uh I don't know, it's not bad. More 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 comedy for me, but uh
0: could certainly do without seeing that. <laughs> I loved um the small you could well, I don't know if it's the smallest bar in the world, but supposedly the smallest bar in the world. I was I was blown away by that. You literally just walk down the stairs. There is legitimately a bar, and like three seats, or maybe there's a bit more than that. And then you walk oh, around in the bathroom, and then that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, in, in the washroom of that bar, the roof is on a huge angle, and it's padded with a, a gross mattress because it's so short that people just smash their heads off the roof standing up from the toilet. It's crazy.
0: Wow. I don't, I don't actually fit in that bar. That.
1: Yeah, like I'm like 6'2", and uh, like I don't, fit in, I don't fit in that bar. I was hunched over the entire time. It's kind of like drink your pine and get out. Say so you did it. Type yeah, of. but no, uh, overall, like I absolutely love Dublin. So it's such a cool place.
2: Christian, have you been to Canada?
0: No, I would love to go. I would, I, Where would I was, you go? Um, but, well, Toronto, uh, for sure uh probably montreal quebec um yeah. let me think I'd go there oh, no. yeah. i know I, because i'm in, mainly thinking i'm a big wrestling professional wrestling fan so i mainly think about like what i've become familiar with with that probably niagara Falls. that's in canada isn't it yep yep yeah. it's like um, two hours away from toronto yeah um i mean i don't know it, it's weird for me like i feel like one day i'm gonna end up in canada um because you know like sometimes how the universe kind of like just throws you signs every now and again yeah. i feel like the universe is trying to say like hey you're gonna to go to canada and i'm like but how yeah what like I- i'm <laughs> cool with that but like how is that gonna happen and it's like just you wait and see buddy <laughs> But uh, take yeah. it
1: and run with it my friends. the Hearst brothers yeah we're bringing you we're gonna <laughs> i think, I think what i
0: like head. about and this is a little bit controversial but what i like about canada is it's kind of like it's it's, obviously it's got its own culture that is very unique to specific to to Canada right but it's also got like many elements of like American culture as well and it's kind of like a blend of like America and England and then its own thing yeah Um, yeah, 100% and I like because I I grew up like most kids around the world you know wanting to live in America and as an adult you know I've been there and I loved it, but I was like, okay, I, I don't think I'll I'll be living here, or, or if I do, it will be very short lived. And now, yeah. especially with everything that's happened in in the last you know couple of years and stuff, I've I just kind of concluded that it's it's not really like I want to kind of I don't think you can ever be truly a hundred percent safe anywhere you go in the world, but like there are places that are safer than others, and yeah. I think like the idea that you know like everyone there owns a gun um and that you can just shit can happen at any point is just it just kind of blows my mind because obviously I, you know in the, i'm not saying that in the uk there aren't guns because there are but obviously you you can kind of go to bed safe in the knowledge that like if you walk down the street you're not just going to randomly get shot you know for no you know what i mean like it's not really going to happen like it could but it's it's not going to happen whereas in america that's like it could happen at any moment for no reason you know it doesn't work more more
1: common yeah
0: yeah and um i don't know that there's a certain allure about canada like i've i've heard a lot of good things as far as like it being um having like a a good like a high quality standard of living um so there's obviously that um I, I seem to recall there was like a couple of years ago, there was like an article about a particular place in Canada where they were actually trying to get people to come there and they would pay you to come and move there. And oh, I, Alberta. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Pretty,
2: I'm pretty sure the entire province of Alberta, I could be wrong. So don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they will pay you to come and live there. There's so much vast space and they need Ooh. people working in, like, in order for the economy to work so i don't know if they'll pay you or they'll just give you some really big incentives like you pay a lot less tax you know your money goes a lot further you're kind of in the middle of nowhere but yeah. it's it is beautiful too you can get right near the mountains like calgary is it, yeah it's beautiful calgary
0: yeah. there's one yeah calgary about yeah brett hart country yeah of course
1: yeah yeah, it, yeah it's yeah. beautiful too but there's your sign
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm open to it. I mean, I'm I'm currently sort of back in the UK after being abroad for three years, so I'm very much in like I want to be home mode. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But 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 like yeah, I'm open to. I mean, it's like all things. I think probably what will happen is I'll meet like a Canadian girl or something, and then it'd be like, hey, should we get married and move to Canada? And I'd be like, why the fuck not? (laughs) (laughs) You know, do it. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? but um anyways moving it forward oh, back gonna, to in dublin yeah come check it out it's pretty, it's pretty international where i'm at actually in, in manchester yeah that's it's kind of blown oh, my yeah. mind actually because i i obviously you know it's just, it's a uni town university town so there's always going to be international kind of vibe but there's a lot of people that just live here just live here yeah from different countries and that's really cool to me like even though I I grew up in London, obviously it's massively multicultural there. Like I never really kind of got that vibe as much or like at least, I don't know. It wasn't, it didn't seem as prevalent, but I feel like in smaller places, it's like even more prevalent. Like maybe it's to do with like culture. Obviously with Manchester, it's more well known for like it's art and it's music and everything. And that's kind of more what I'm into. You know how it is. If you're in that sphere, you kind of attract like particular types of people. So, um, that's mainly what i look out for so i'm very open as far as the future is concerned i kind of just ride the wave and, and just see what happens really <laughs> you know? the best way to be uh what do you guys like to do for fun outside of music and podcasting oh boy um a lot yeah a smoke <laughs> weed every day no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's legal in canada isn't it yeah, yeah. F- yeah. Fully federally. fully
1: legal. Um crazy. Oh god, we do a lot of stuff. I think no, like number 1 would be like any sort of sport. Um okay. super into sport. So we play a lot of golf. wow i didn't
0: expect you to say that yeah
1: yeah i mean well we were both like really like ice hockey football like
0: american football um is is that a canadian thing as well yeah yeah, very yeah very
1: um but you get older and it's like i don't want to kill myself anymore nor are there leagues that are like you you can play pick up ice hockey and stuff like that but uh yeah yeah yeah, you know golf one we both love golf we live really close to one we're fortunate enough to be able to go play it so and it's like two hours beautiful land beautiful weather and you can be competitive with yourself like it's so so it's kind of keep that competitive outlet golf
2: definitely also other hobbies just even you know we we're fortunate enough to have a, a family cottage not too far away from where we live on a lake so we've grown up water skiing wakeboarding you know sea doing like water sports are huge yeah, for us yeah, surfing absolutely love it. our cousins live out west on the west coast of canada and there's a surfing town up there where we get to go uh and do some cold water surfing so anything that gets you yeah, active and gets honestly, you outdoors anything. we we're not like gamers or anything we don't we don't really sit inside unless we're doing podcasting or music otherwise we're outside doing something fun
0: I need to move to Canada, man. Fuck now. <laughs> 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 this is sounds fun. It really does. Drinking. I mean, if you drink enough, the then anything's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ, my friend. <laughs> Some things, I think, it doesn't matter how drunk you get. It's, it's still not fun. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. Um, what What do you guys do for a living? Like, what's your what's your day jobs? If you don't mind talking about it. Yeah. Like, Go ahead, John. And...
2: No, no problem. I work in uh, I work in brands, so which is okay. kind yeah. of what we were talking about. Advertising? A lot. Not advertising, more so like brand management and product ah, development.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: okay. so I won't say the company that I work for because I'm not too, too sure yeah, how sure, 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 they sure. are, but it's, one, it's the, one of the largest brands in Canada. Um, and I, I've only been doing that for about a year now. Before then, it was uh, I was strictly finance. I worked in the financial industry for six or seven years after university before going back to school to do my MBA. Um,
0: what was your and, undergraduate in? economics. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, so you kind of
2: I went econ, went finance and then did an MBA and my thinking was I'll do an MBA and I'll kind of get deeper into the finance world and then my MBA actually majored in sustainability. And the more I started learning about that, I started realizing, you know, there's way more at play with products and actual physical items that we're putting into the environment and I think I have a really unique perspective on how to do that sustainably, naturally, but also still get people involved. And I wanted to be at the forefront of that movement where I don't know what it's like in the UK now, but in Canada, it's pretty much every major company, you know, McDonald's, A&W, all of our, they're all advertising sustainable, sustainably sourced beef, whatever it is, you know, all natural this, that's a huge movement here. Um, Canada actually just banned single use plastics in the next four years, we have to have all single use plastics eliminated. So I thought this is an exciting industry, and it's something I'm kind of interested in. So I jumped
1: yeah good, good timing that. Too.
2: yeah, yeah cool. really good timing that's why I made the switch I could have been real cozy in the finance industry right now if I wanted to but <laughs> yeah I thought I'd make the switch and do something different so
1: yeah I'm enjoying it and then I'll let Marco yeah right on um as of now no career I'm in my <laughs> I'm in <sighs> my fi- yeah I'm in my final year of medical school so oh wow cool yeah cool, cool. so finishing that up um in like April um and then hopefully i'm do i'm doing a bunch of interviews right now like i'm in the midst of this whole game of like trying to find a residency position after so hopefully going back and doing four years of training in the states um the, so back to our living in the states but uh they're like for, in, in terms of the medical industry like it's just top notch like they're yeah. it, it's incredible um you know you're gonna just gain training that you might not get and there's just more opportunities so hopefully yeah. do my four years of training in the states um become i'm working towards becoming a surgeon and going from there then hopefully make my way back to ontario so a bit
0: of a long road cool man cool yeah well best of luck with that uh, yeah to both, both of you guys yeah awesome Cheers. awesome um gonna take it down to well down to up to uh to a more serious tone um, I want to ask you kind of like how COVID has affected you, your lives obviously it's affected us all but I'm always kind of intrigued as to how my guests are adapting to these things and, and just yeah just generally getting by.
2: I think we're both pretty similar in the sense that we we don't necessarily live in fear yeah. um, and we don't suffer from any anxiety or anything like that but I think it's we we get the medical system like our parents are both medical professionals as well and so it's trust the system and everything that we've been doing is just let's just follow the rules i don't want to be that one idiot who does something wrong and spreads it to all my friends and family so we've been pretty strict in the sense that we've locked down pretty tight as we're supposed to we've followed all the rules you know for me basically life means working at home i barely leave my home unless it's to go get groceries and that's just the way it is. You know, we'll get on Zoom calls. We'll do our podcasts. Um, now that Mark's home from Ireland, we kind of merged households between myself and my parents and Mark. And so it's, it, you know, it sucks and it bums both of us out and bums everybody out around the world. I wish we could have a normal day and go out for dinner with our friends and, you know, have a bunch of people up to the cottage, but it's just not possible right now. So, um, you know, yeah. best to just have a good attitude about it and do
1: the best you can. And, you and know, I think it's probably we'll been there. used way too often but like the saying and I've lived by this for years and then with COVID everyone's like oh it is what it is but you know what it is what it is and you just have Mm -hmm. to kind of deal with it for now and know like well this isn't life forever um you know we're we're in like a serious like worldwide state and uh yeah you know just doing your individual part for me it's been interesting because so I've been traveling obviously for school um because I have to I have to go back and forth and it, so the the flights have been fantastic. You're on this 400 person airline with like 45 people on it, and it is your, your own rows. You're stretching out. Um, oh, I nice! Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in in that sense, it's been that uh, pretty linings. lucky. I would, yeah. Little, it's the little things in life. <laughs> Can um, they just put everyone in first class. So, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure they'd be okay with it. Um, but yeah, no, like, and then it's like, do your two weeks of quarantining. I think in total, cause I've been traveling, I've done like two months of quarantining, um, which is no fun for anyone. But, uh-huh. and I mean, I think we have enough hobbies on the go. To, and I think that's huge. Like if anything, this is just highlighted, like, Hey, if you have to like be locked down, if you have to be in your house, like you need to have some hobbies that you're yes. excited. about. You can't just sit there. And I'm sure like, alcohol abuse and substance abuse and things like that are just going through the roof i i would guess because th- there's not much to do but like to, so you know for we we have podcasts and music and i'm a big artist myself like i've been, i've done a ton of painting because it's just things to pass the time and uh yeah i think that's one thing is like you know get get your hobby get something you can do ir- irrespective of whether there's a pandemic or not
0: um I've interviewed a couple of people from Canada and uh, there's been like varying kind of um, responses as far as like the level of restrictions and stuff. And obviously, you know, it's the same in the UK that it's dependent largely on on outbreaks and and where the numbers are deemed higher or lower. Um, What are the restrictions like and what have they been like? And what's the response been like to them in uh, Toronto, Canada? Yeah. yeah. Good, good question. So we went right
2: into like lockdown around March time where everybody kind of locked down. The the one thing I will say is at least in Toronto, the, um, the actual restrictions and rules aren't nearly as clear as they are in other places. Like even Eastern Canada does a really good job at laying down, this is what you can and can't do. And I know there's some places in the UK that are like that too. Ours is very wishy washy. So it's, you know, there was this whole bubble talk going on for a while where you can only have 10 people in your bubble, but then they weren't really clear as to like, well, what if I have one bubble, but someone in my household has another bubble. It just, yeah. Like it didn't really make sense. Um, and then we've been open for a long time, like restaurants and all that was able to go back into business. Uh, and just recently, I think a week ago, yeah, they locked down all of Ontario well, now. We,
1: well, before that, we actually started on like a regional like yeah. approach. So okay. they broke everyone into like specific regions, and then if you were if your numbers were too high, we're gonna lock them down. And sure. then as expected, oh, I can't go out to dinner in my region. Well, I'll just travel 20 minutes and go to the next region where restaurants are still open. And it's obviously sure. happened. And then so now, yeah, as of about a week ago, um, now we're like full lockdown. No, no restaurants, nothing. But uh, as far as essentials. I know,
2: there's no, there's no curfew like we've seen in other areas no, of the world. No. We don't have a curfew. It's basically just, they haven't even said if you, like, I think there's still a number out there that you can have a certain number of people over. Yeah, I I don't know. know. But you're not supposed to travel. You're not supposed to cross regions and drive. uh, And then everything's shut down except for basically grocery stores and anything deemed essential. Funny enough, um, liquor stores and cannabis shops are deemed essential. I mean, of course, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and my thoughts exactly on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you seen any kind of like crazy... Responses in Canada as far as people acting a bit crazy. I mean, obviously the oh, the prevailing yeah. trend in in most of the world initially has been you know the beginning of the pandemic has always been you know like stockpiling all this shit. But is there anything else that you've seen? Yeah. Oh boy, for sure
2: we have, uh, and I never like I don't really go out in public, so it's not like I've seen this firsthand. But definitely on social media, you've got your strong anti-masker, anti-vaxer communities that are just. I think actually the other day I saw a video of a bunch of people right before we went into lockdown dressed up in these white hazmat suits with a white almost almost V for vendetta mask, um, and they all walked silently through one of the malls in Toronto with this big speaker playing like the government is your friend, you, you people are the sheeps and blah blah blah. Oh boy, yeah, let's just watch. <laughs> That's like, probably hey, happening. These COVID. people are yeah, for sure. They're the same flat earthers they've got, they have they got find something to fucking follow and believe in and sometimes it's just ridiculous but it is what it is but yeah I, I don't know the amount of people that all of a sudden have read one article online and are completely convinced that this is a conspiracy um and they're not getting the vaccination there's a huge I, I would say there's a fairly large movement of people like that um
1: yeah I think one for me that Is like, I just don't, I can't grasp my head around why you would do this. So one, we we, we had, we're going to go into lockdown. Um, He says it on Monday, you know, numbers are so bad. We need to go into a province-wide lockdown on Saturday. And it's like, well, I don't get that. Like if we need the (laughs) province-wide lockdown, if things are so bad, like let's do it effective immediately right now. Like, I don't get, oh, we'll give you one more week. But it was because Christmas was here and we got to make it political. People need to see their family. And it's like, no, I'm really sorry, but you don't. Um, yes. So that, that, and then I don't get to, that leads into, okay, tomorrow night's lockdown. Let's hit the bars. Like, let's hit the restaurants tonight. Let's do it all before we're in lockdown. And it's like the whole point of going into lockdown is to try and keep everyone safe. Not like, well, let's get it all out Well, we can. And I, I just, it's like, those are the people that are making us go back into lockdown it's like if everyone was just doing their part you know being it'd be nice but uh so that's something that's bothered me yeah
0: thanks for sharing uh let's let's take <laughs> sorry i can get worked up on that for no you. no 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 no, no I, I i agree with you i it's been very similar in the uk um it's got me angry at times but um you know people just I think it depends. You know, I mean, it's like you said about the rules being kind of wishy washy. I, th- I think that, like, in the UK, I, I blame the government a lot. Like, I, I felt like in the beginning yeah. of the pandemic, yeah, people didn't take it seriously. They took the piss. They still take the piss. And that does annoy me. But I feel like the government here has never been clear about anything. Uh, we've had the same sort of issues with, like, you know, so unclear about how many people, you know, this, the bubbles thing. We have, like, things like, you know, there's a lockdown, but then schools are open, and like you, you can't be, you can't see your family, but then, you know, you could be in a classroom full of 30 people or have like schools open with 400 people. Like th- it's just contradictions, contradictory rules, things that don't make sense. And why do you yeah. think that is? A um, couple of reasons. I think that the government in general that we have right now is just very. Piss poor at trying to like handle the situation as far as like making things more logical. So, we have the ability and the capacity to operate schools and universities. Like, okay, you can make a case for schools being open, but like universities do not need to be open. You can do that 100% online. And it doesn't make sense to me that like they were completely done online at the beginning of the pandemic, but now they've been opened. And like yeah
1: why why make that change,
0: yeah, and like things like schooling, like I heard that schools were like reopened at one point, but only for essential workers' families, which made total sense to me, like, oh, if you've only got the essential workers yeah. out, yeah, have their children there, have much reduced like okay, if you've only got like classrooms with like five or ten kids, that's manageable, but if it's like the normal amount that we have in schools, I mean that goes against everything that we're telling people, like what how is it yeah. logical that you know we can't have you know people going to pubs bars music venues but then we can have 400 kids together in the same spot like yeah you know there's all of those things and i've been questioning it since the beginning we all have like i think if anything as much as there's a lot of stupidity out there and people acting silly at least people are questioning and going well hang on that doesn't make sense and you know that doesn't add up and you know it's good it's good to at least get people's opening their eyes a bit and not just following and, and doing whatever they're told because and that's the thing if if you do if, if you're just the type of person that just does what they're told and follows the government's instructions in the UK you'd be you'd still be confused because it's never clear like I remember the last address because I don't pay attention to them often because a lot of the time, it's just like, oh, okay, we just have a lessened version of restrictions. Oh no, we have heightened. It's always basically the same. But I try to look out for like the major changes that happen.
1: And right. the last
0: major address that the <laughs> the prime minister made, uh, other than the Christmas stuff, which I could go into like a whole fucking argument about, but that's for another time. <laughs> um, was before, as you, yeah, but before he was about to put us into a second lockdown just for a month, he started laying out all the rules, right? and it was all pretty straightforward but then he and this typifies everything that i just said he kind of goes yeah um so you the the rule of 6 still applies you can't be in a group any larger than 6 um and you you can uh, you can you can't really mix with other households but you can mix with one person from another household and then he jumps to the next thing and i'm like hang on yeah <laughs> hey, well, okay let's back up a second so you're saying we we can't we can mix with other households but we can only mix with one person from that other household. What difference does it make if we mix with one person or 12 people from that other bubble when they're all breathing the same air, being in the same environment? Like it makes no fucking sense. And it's it's been like, what? Nine months of that shit.
2: (laughs) What if I live in a household with six people? So does that mean we're excluded from having somebody else because we're already six? Or does that mean six additional people can come in? Like it's very wishy-washy. I think part of it is, is like what you were talking about, Christian, is that there's no, there's no right answer to this. It's kind of like economics. Like every action has a reaction and it's not necessarily the right way to do it. There's no cookie cutter. Oh, well, this is what we do in a pandemic. This is what works. Solution. And so what we're doing is trying to find the best way to manage it. And for governments, I always can't help but think that they're hesitant to say one thing because they're not certain they don't know so they would they don't want to say okay this is the rule and then find out that they're wrong and yeah, now then, oh, then well, just say not re- hey we
0: were yet. wrong we stood by a decision yeah. but we were wrong we fucked up like everyone you're makes right. mistakes you that's know that's not how politics
2: works right
0: yeah it's like, you're oh, right well, know, now, know, now know, we're not getting
2: elected <laughs> next year because red party's coming in and saying well you guys fucked up and we're perfect it's i
1: don't agree with that i think you're right that's how it should be that's how it should be Yeah, but I think one of the worst parts about all of this is that COVID is not being handled from, like, a medical standpoint. And I know I'm certainly biased because that's, like, the industry that I'm in. But it's, like, there are people that this is their job. They study viruses. They study pandemics for years and years. And they're specialists. And, like, they're advising decisions. And then the government is adapting it to what suits the needs of, like, politics and the government. And it's, like, well, no wonder it's not going to work. Like,
0: yes, I couldn't agree more. When I started hearing that shit, um y- you know like it really started to anger me i was like look that we're in a fucking pandemic i don't care about like your poll ratings or, or any of other shit <laughs> like i remember when trump said that he said what did he say like oh my um like i know it's trump so like obviously it's ridiculous but like <laughs> it, when he said something early on in, in the year about how um his daily Press briefings were getting like the highest ratings on the network. I was like, "Where the fuck is your head, man? Like, yeah. what are you smoking? Like, fuck it all." I talk about I, sense it, of like unawareness, and a lot of it's money
2: too. Like, a lot of it comes from this. You know, uh, I can't even remember what the word is, but it's these people that are pushing their agendas. So you've got, you know, the medical advisor telling you one thing, and they're saying, "Well, this is what we should do," and then you've got all of the people who have paid for your entire poll who donate millions and billions of dollars towards your movements, saying hey that's not what we want yeah watch that out. doesn't work for us so fuck us over say goodbye to your 100 million dollars that we gave you last year see here's
0: the thing like, i agree with you and to like fully address your your earlier question about like oh why do you think they've done that like i honestly think a lot of the decisions that the government are making in the uk now are purely business driven i mean it's a business government the conservatives are yeah uh, far right but in the uk i've always seen it as like conservatives are business labor is more about the worker so to speak um and that's fine but like they already kind of fucked us with the first um lockdown which was necessary but it was it came way too late and like i said the instructions were always off and like like we the biggest mistake i think we made was essentially opening the country pretty much up in summer like it wasn't completely business as normal but we were allowed to essentially have like you know uh bars open you know clubs all that shit and i thought that was just the biggest mistake ever like don't get me wrong i don't want that i never want that i just want things to go back to the way they were but like yeah decisions like that and like having christmas as well i when i heard like in the uk here's what happened right boris goes oh okay uh, so we come out of the second lockdown so it's like early december and like everyone's like "Is christmas gonna happen is he gonna cancel christmas what's gonna happen and he says about two weeks before yeah we g- you can have sort of a christmas but it- you can only have like a restricted amount and it's according to your tier restrictions because we're all in different tiers regional tiers um but it looked like we were at least getting something. And then at the last minute, maybe like a week before he goes, yeah, no, we're going to have to double back on that. And essentially like he canceled Christmas essentially, (laughs) Um, you know, and like, look, I know it sucks to be that guy and have to do that, but he shouldn't have been giving any form of a Christmas in the first place. We should have just seen it as a write-off because we're not, you know, I hate to fucking agree with the government, but like, you know, as far as like needing to a, adhere to rules and restrictions i think it's very important and i think a lot of the time with people not obeying the rules i think it comes down to like being sick and tired and, and wanting to get back to normality which i do understand but definitely it's up to the government to make everything clear and make it consistent and they have not made it consistent and they've always been to blame and because of that it's made things worse like i felt like that summer opening made probably added another like six months to this already existing yeah you know, and i think we did the same thing here too yeah i agree like
1: we opened everything up in summer and it's like it's nice out oh you know what let's open the patios let's open the and it's like why we, we just shouldn't be doing that i i like yeah and i'm very like straight like yes or no do it or don't but it's like So in this instance, it's like, well, no, don't do it. It's just a terrible idea. There is a pandemic running around our country, the entire world. And, uh, Yeah. Like I've just, I'm just a strong believer in like, yeah, don't do. And they're like, well, what about the kids on Halloween? And it's like, you know what? No offense. Screw the kids on Halloween. They don't need to go house to house and get candy. Do it next year when there's no pandemic. And hopefully if we do it properly, there won't be one next year. And then it's like everyone just, and then it's like, Oh, Halloween's done. What's the next thing? Uh, Well, Christmas, what's happening on Christmas. And now Christmas done new years. And it's like, there's always going to be a, what about the next thing? Instead of people just like, Being like, yeah, you know what? Let's just lay low, forget about all these things until it's time that we can do them again. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, I I get so frustrated at people and their inability to be able to see things like that. Like, I know not everyone thinks the same way, fine. But yeah, Yeah. why is it always like, oh, it's, it's... Do you know what it's like? It's like a petulant child and you say to the child, listen, you can't have this thing. And then you have to keep explaining to them why. And they go, but why? But why? Oh, you're just being mean. It's it's like that. It's exactly like that.
1: Except it's a forty-five-year-old man, and you're like, dude, just listen, just listen to the facts. It's gonna be. And then they're like, well, I don't believe the facts, and it's like, well, you know what?
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What do you you do for
1: a career? Because I don't believe it. There's no no budget. I don't even know what it is. Those
2: people, though, it's just you may as well be talking to the wall. Like, they're never going to listen to your opinion and change their mind. There's no support. There's no research you can show them that's going to get them to change their mind. They're just stuck in their ways, and they know best. And, hey, why can't I have – we had a guy in Toronto – I don't know if it made international news, but we had a guy in Toronto who basically refused to lock down. He owns a small barbecue business, and um, he just said, no, this is you guys are full of shit. I don't believe any of your crap. I'm keeping my barbecue open, and I'm having people in, and I don't care if they're wearing a mask or not. And it got all this hype. And then, of course, there's a huge following of those people who are like, yeah, I I agree with him. We're all sheep. This is a ridiculous conspiracy. They're just trying to control us. I'm going to this guy's house for barbecue or this guy's barbecue place to get a sausage. And uh, it's just like you can't reason with those people. You can't reason with stupidity. And, uh, yeah, uh, eventually he got um, arrested. And he, he's, <laughs> Rightly so. he, he's, yeah, in the, apparently he's starting a, a lawsuit against the state or, or against the, you know, the province or whatever, but they've changed the locks on his business and it's developing all this hype. And now uh, what eventually it's going to come down to is all of our taxpayer dollars are going to go towards paying for this guy's stupid lawsuit because he decided to be an idiot about something. Yeah, this is a moron. But you can't, my, my point is that you can't reason with those people. You just have to accept it and say, all right
0: you know i think the problem is though like people don't follow the rules and i don't know it's like beating a dead horse a little bit but like you you can you do kind of need to put like measures in place to like fully restrict people like here in the uk yeah i don't want a militarized state obviously i don't want it to ever come to that no. but like at the same time i feel like people don't take shit seriously unless you kind of have like army or police there going no like do you know what i mean like you kind of yeah. in a way you need that presence you don't want force but you want someone going no to kind of reinforce like yeah we shouldn't be fucking doing this yeah in the uk it's been like hey guys let's let's try to do this like please please do this please do this please and it's like no one's gonna fucking listen to that like come on
1: yeah they're they're it's very similar in dublin um so the whole, everything is supposed to be closed when I was there. They're in full lockdown, right? And they're not in it at the moment, but I, they're going to go back into it by the time I get them back there, I would guess. Um, so I'm like, okay, so I am in my house with my roommates and that's it. And we're like trying to make the most of our final year and like study. And we're going into the hospitals and stuff because, you know, in a couple months, like that's our job. So we kind of have to be there and, and, and I'm all cool with it. Like the precautions are great. Um... Anyways, so you're like, oh, you know, I would die for like a fresh Guinness. That would be beautiful. And you're just like, ah, I guess we'll wait. Like, hopefully it happened. And then I go into the city center because I have to write this exam. And there's a pub with like 200 people out front of it. And they're just serving pints of Guinness out the window. And I was like, oh okay and then i walk down the street a little bit down. more oh no the pubs aren't even supposed to be open period walk down the street a little more another pub serving pines of guinness out the window i'm like interesting. oh interesting i'm like this seems terribly wrong and then a bunch of garda walk by do absolutely nothing about it
0: right they just and
1: i'm like okay so this is just an unwritten rule that you don't like that we're going to allow this to happen yeah uh, and I don't, I just don't understand the logic behind that. And then certainly there was like this one pub by my house that was serving it out the window, but there was a guard standing there just going, Hey guys, you can't stay here. You can get your pint of Guinness and walk down the street, which is also illegal. Like you can't drink alcohol in public in, uh, in Dublin, but at least I'm like, okay, at least there's not 200 people sitting outside of this pub having a, a great time. Right, and, yeah. Yeah. And it very strange. I was just like, why, how does this happen when it is? illegal it's against the rules and yet no one's enforcing the rules even the even the garda i was like huh all right yeah interesting and then i leave they go out of lockdown apparently the bars are packed and i'm gonna go back in like two weeks or so and uh, no doubt they'll be like oh the numbers don't look so good back in the lockdown it's like yeah. great
0: you see that, that 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 whole mentality oh we need to immediately try something and, and revert back it's like you, you just shouldn't be doing it full stop you should like you know the rules just should be fixed until a time when we when we essentially come out of it i mean like right now i mean i don't want it that, to be this way but i would kind of expect us to like stay into a, in the a lockdown until all the vaccines are given out and then everyone's kind of like I suppose, like, good to go, so to speak. You yeah, know? And, yeah. And, you know, yeah. you can kind of lift everything and go back to normal and, you know. For that's sure. kind of what I w- want to happen and what I think is best, but it doesn't seem like we're doing that. It's just all fucked. Like, in the UK, like, that tier system I told you about, like, it's, it's all over the bloody place as far as, like, knowing where you're at, knowing what's open, what's not open. Yeah. pandemonium. <laughs> yeah. And my my prediction from
1: like early on i was like watch a vaccine's gonna come out lots of excitement and it truly is exciting like I i am pumped for this and you know it's gonna take a few months to six months or so get everything going um and i was like watch the vaccine's gonna come out people are gonna lose their minds being like oh perfect. There's a vaccine. We don't have to worry anymore. Not thinking like it's going to be like seven months before this vaccine takes its effect properly, where we can like safely do do what we were doing in everyday living. And then there's going to be another massive spike because people are just going to not be vaccinated, but like in their mind, like, oh, everything's a little bit better. We have a vaccine coming out and then, and it's kind of happening. And now, now everyone's going back into lockdown. So interesting times we live in yeah to say the yeah.
0: least. Uh moving things forward, <laughs> what would you say are the best and worst things about living in Toronto Canada? and forget about COVID. pretend that's not an issue for a minute just in general.
2: I don't know man. I don't really have much <laughs> to compare to. I don't live in like so I'm just gonna talk about living in Ontario in general because okay. we're outside of Toronto. I don't think I would, I'm, I don't think the city is, I'm not cut for the city. I don't want to live like right in Toronto. That's just really busy and really hectic. It's very much,
0: you know, like living on Oxford street or something. Pardon my ignorance here, but is, I know Ontario is a separate place, but is it like mm-hmm. Toronto is a city and Ontario is like part yes. of it, but outside of it? Or No, is it- Ontario is the province. So-, so it's like a state. Yeah. A state within Toronto.
2: No, no, no. Toronto is in Ontario. So Ontario's this big ah. province and then Toronto's a city inside of Ontario. Ottawa's also
0: in Ontario, you know. A so bunch it's the of equivalent people. of like, if, if we were talking about the States, then it's, the, it's like a state essentially. Like, yeah, like in, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Ontario ah. is like, yeah, gotcha. gotcha.
2: And then gotcha. Texas okay. has Austin and Houston. Yeah, so we have, the, we have our own words for it for some reason. Yeah, so we're in like Georgetown or Guelph, which are just like smaller municipalities, you know, 60,000, 100,000 people. Um, outside of Toronto by 20, 30 minutes on a highway. So we're not far from Toronto, but um, certainly not in that big city feel. Um, I don't know though, the goods and the bads. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy it. I like Canada. I think we have a wicked cottage area in Ontario. Um, you know, you hear about Ontario cottages like the Muskoka's and areas like that. It's just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. Um, and the wildlife here is cool. Downside is to me is definitely the seasonality of living here. Oh, I was going to say that's a positive for me. I, 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 I love it. It's got its ups and downs, but the fact that it's hard to explain to people that haven't been here, but we get two to three months of really hot temperatures, like 30 right. degrees, um, where in the UK, it would be heat wave that day. Um, and we get like two, two months of that at least. Then we have your fall season, which is like kind of gloomy, similar to, you know, Dublin every day of the year. And then we have winter, which is like, You know, three feet, four feet of snow can get down to negative 20, just absolute freezing as if you're in the Arctic and then spring comes and then it just goes in this huge cycle where you have to be prepared for just heavy, heavy winter and then also
1: super hot summer but sounds
0: perfect
1: yeah i i love it like that was actually one of my like i I was gonna say it's a positive i I love snow but i also love the heat i like the different activities they bring in yeah um i do like that too and 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 for some reason it's just a massive talking point in canada like everyone's just talking about the weather (laughs) oh gotta get ready for winter you know you get your salt for the driveway and it's like sure sure um yeah my my girlfriend's parents are from like no, way north of ontario like in Nunavut, so like arctics way up there and it got minus 70 like two weeks ago two weeks minus 70 degrees celsius i can't even imagine You're and sure it's and dark. can't
0: go outside of your house and
1: well they just dress know. up really appropriately it's dark 24 hours oh fuck that yeah unbelievable oh, yeah. Not, oh, that, yeah. not down for that no
0: interest no 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 no. i want to no. go there visit or like for cool.
2: three weeks
1: straight yeah middle, middle of summer down. that got, would like, that, that would
0: fuck with you. you that would that would be bad <laughs> for your health i think I it, 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 yeah
1: that yeah, it is for sure like throws off your whole circadian rhythm you need like uv lamps in the in the periods of like w- darkness so that you're getting that like su- fake artificial sunlight
2: Canada's so vast, man. Like it's hard, especially people from Europe, it's hard to explain that from one end of Canada to the next end is extremely massive compared to European countries. Well, in, in like Ireland, how long does it take to fly from the east coast of Canada to the west coast? We're talking uh, nine hours, maybe? At least 10, 10 11, 12 like hours that? of flight. Um, I can drive. 13 or 14 hours north and still be in the same province and see a completely different shift in temperature
1: and landscape wow like it's huge man that that's the cool thing in just for dublin as as perspective like people my friends there are like 45 minutes is like a huge drive and i was like i used to drive 45 minutes to work every day yeah like it's that for us that it's extremely normal uh, you can drive, you know, Dublin to Galway in like, I don't like two and a yeah, half hours yeah. maybe. That's the whole country. It's the entire and island. And driving, you know, driving Canada would be like three weeks of straight driving or something like that. Like an outrageous amount of driving.
2: But so different. Like you'd see such different landscapes yeah. going oh, through the huge. prairies and into the mountains. And yeah, it's wild.
0: Cool, man. And um, <laughs> I've asked Canadian guests this before, but I think it's a worth, worth worthy question. Why are Canadians so nice?
2: I don't know. Why isn't everybody else so nice? Yeah, that's
0: (laughs) 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 why you all assholes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's like you got you guys are known for being nice. And I I gotta say, like every Canadian I've met always been really nice. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I
2: know a few assholes, but (laughs) yeah, uh, of course. You're always gonna find those people in general. I don't know if it's culture or community or just I don't know, because I mean, I feel kind of similar when we go to Europe. We've been to a number, you know, Ireland, London, France, Scotland. And uh, generally speaking, people are pretty receptive. I've always encountered fairly nice people. Yeah, but we're also Canadian. But we're also Canadian. Like, you should, it's unbelievable
1: how many times I'll meet people new in in Dublin or anywhere. And they're like, oh, you're American. Like, taxi driver, oh, you're American. And I'm like, oh, no, Canadian. And they're like, oh, sorry. Just, I'm like, re- no. really sorry. And I'm like, well, that's fine. Like, we sound the same. I'm I'm genuinely not upset that you called me American. Yeah. Um, but I think for the rest of the world, there's a massive divide between, and maybe a lot of, I think a lot of Canadians would play into that too and be like, We're, I'm not
0: American. But it's like,
1: I don't know. It's I don't cl- really close care. enough. Like, yeah. I think know? the, the and, flip and there's, reverse, there's really, I think mm-hmm.
0: Americans might, might take offense to being called Canadian potentially. But I don't oh, think no. that probably really happens really, does it? Like, yeah. Well, no. they, they made actually traveling like i know like there's
1: been americans will sew like canadian flags on their travel bags and stuff because <laughs> yeah. you're just like received nicer from from people around the world i guess i don't know interesting i think
0: everyone should just be nice and and the world would be a better place go on i couldn't agree more but uh i have to ask that question because it's just oh yeah <laughs> it just intrigues me um now this is a fun one i've never actually asked any of my guests this before but um I think it's fun just to kind of like just look back on potentially where do you guys see yourself in five years time still in canada
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's good i mean the easy answer for me just completing my training for school which which is like i'm really pumped about that like finally like getting the job at uh you know what 30 33 or something like that 31 um but in terms of our like music and podcasts like i think it's just doing the same thing learning how to do it a little bit better each time we do it and uh like certainly music just like creating as much music as possible like i I don't think that'll ever be something that will stop um there'll be times of like not being able to put as much time into it as we'd like and there'll be times where it's like great we have a ton of time to to devote towards music but kind of just like maintaining that building where we can getting better where we can and see what happens in five years for me yeah i agree same for me right
2: like i'm super happy with where we're at and what we're doing right now and i think just doing it better and bigger than we're already doing in fact fi- i mean look how, how far we've come in a year um and the podcast has only been out for two three months so i mean five years from now it's going to be pretty high production. <laughs> I'm excited. It's, a, it's fun to get into. So yeah, I think just basically bigger and better than what we're already doing right now and maybe taking on more. But yeah.
0: That's a, that's a really good response, actually. I, I just love that question because I, I find it kind of hilarious generally. Like I've always usually experienced that in job interviews yeah job interviews. Yes. and i always just think it's such a bullshit question i mean yeah I, sometimes i like to joke and just think like oh in you know with your job or you know just like five- yeah, oh, yeah i've said that but really
2: i mean the one bank that i interviewed in they said where do you see yourself in five years and i said sitting in your chair
3: and what did he <laughs> say he laughing
2: he loved it he thought it was hilarious and i got the job
3: hey and okay I loved so it gear, in
2: like a year and a half so yeah, for yeah,
3: real
0: yeah <laughs> nice
2: <laughs> yeah sometimes Uh, confidence there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness but if it's confidence like i'm confident enough to say this but like you know that i'm kind of joking but i'm also kind of not joking
0: i mean the whole premise of that question though isn't it it's about it's about goal and ambition it's like they want you to kind of say you know uh, with them and yeah and or well it doesn't necessarily with them i mean like if you take marketing like my 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 field as an example like either you could either say oh yeah i want to be like head of marketing or you could be like i want to have my own marketing firm like there's different ways you could go with it and both are equally acceptable because it's like you're saying um i have goals i have ambitions i i'm i'm here for the long term you know you're saying various things with that answer
1: yeah i was so that was one thing i was actually so i'm like in the middle of this like interview scheme um and i was nervous about the state's applications because i'm canadian they can see that they're there and i was like oh god they're gonna ask that and be like so why do you want to work in america like clearly you're canadian wouldn't you want to work in canada and i was nervous about it and then i realized like they don't necessarily want to hear like oh, I want to be with your program, changing the world, like making, representing your school. Like they just want to know that for the four years that you're, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a good fit and use it as a stepping stone to get to where I want to be. Like they want to see I have goals and that your program suits those goals. Not necessarily like you're going to be the best place and I'm going to work there for 45 years and retire. And I was like really nervous about that. I was like, because why would they, if they're just like, oh, you're just going to use us to get back to Canada and, and live there where you want to live. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should. And then they were totally cool with it because i'm not going to lie like i'm not going to be like for you forever like i was totally like yeah i one day would like to be working in canada and they're like yeah great
0: do you think there's ever like a as far as like americans dealing with canadians like do they ever hold that like against you guys or or like is there any kind of i don't know how to put it exactly but like when you were talking then, it kind of almost implied at one point that like Almost like you have it better in Canada. Like, why the hell fuck would you want to come to the states? Kind of thing, which is fair. I could, I could see several arguments being made for that, and obviously, it's well known how how patriotic Canadians are, equally Americans are. Um, yeah. But I just find that that kind of part of it quite interesting. Like, I just wanted to know: is there like friction yeah. there? Like, what's the deal there?
1: Um, I would say not in like the medical profession. Um, okay. why I would be talking like that is because. There's only four positions, you know, at their school, and they have thou- like 2,000 applicants. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like a competitive nature of trying to figure out what are they looking for in their applicants. And if I'm just going to run off to Canada, am I just going to get looked over and not get this position? Um I certainly don't think like there would be, at least from a me- I'm sure there is, but no, in the medical profession, uh, I think they're more than happy to have Canadians. I'm more than happy to be there. Um, super supportive and it's actually been a great experience, but I just didn't know, like, I, I just didn't want to be looked over because I want to work in Canada one day and them just be like, well, we want to train doctors that want to stay in the States and, and right, be like, right, Oh right, right. damn, I instantly ruined my chances of getting your job. Yeah. So that that was from my my perspective, but I'm sure it exists in different uh, different fields and stuff like that. No doubt.
2: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I think I think you made some really good points there. Um, I think I think there sometimes can be these stigmas between countries. I mean, it really depends, as you say, on industry and uh, you know, like uh, various different factors. But um, ultimately. A good company or a good industry will just be looking at like what works for them and not anything else. Really, it doesn't really matter sort of where you are. It's more about like what you can bring and, and does it fit the mold and all of that yeah, kind of stuff.
1: Exactly, and that's totally. I, I've never done an interview in my life till this year, um, oh, wow. and that's what uh, I don't know. them six. So it was kind of like, oh, this is going to be weird. And it was, like, the most normal, natural thing ever because they're just trying to, it like, is. it's not like you're trying to compete for a spa in school. You're, like, they want you there. They want the right person for the job. So if you're working, like, they just want to see, like, if I have to work for this guy with for four years, like, am i gonna like the guy are we gonna get along so it was really like i've enjoyed all of them yeah yeah it was really cool not intense at all um the first one i was super nervous and then it was like now i'm just like oh this is exciting like get to meet some new people maybe we really and i've had a few where like genuine connections with these people and it's like wow that's a huge factor of whether i would want to work there or not so massive yeah it's been really cool
3: you know, and i 've like been you know, on the
2: flip side before i 've interviewed numerous times and hired for numerous positions, and that 's exactly what I look for. Yeah. I do my quick vet, do a little bit of work, like find out okay, let me check out this guy 's social media like make sure he 's not doing keg stands on you know Tuesday afternoons uh, and then yeah, basically, I'm going to ask those silly questions like where, where do you see yourself in three to five years? I really don't care what you say. I could care yeah. less what you want to be in three to five years. I'm just trying to gauge like how good are you at speaking? How good are you at thinking on the spot? And then are we going to vibe? Is there a connection here? And did I like you? I'm way more often to take, the, to take the person that I liked if he's an equal candidate to the person who I have nothing in
0: common with said this on the past uh, podcast before, but I feel that um, the saying that, you know, there was a statistic somewhere years ago or like a saying or something that apparently the first 20 seconds of the interview decides, you know, whether or not you're going to employ that person. Everything else is just filler or, as you say, to get an idea of like how do they really react to this, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, the vibe and the chemistry is the most important thing. And that's why I find it funny, actually. Like a lot of the time there's been so many times when I've interviewed for jobs and like there was one earlier, cause I've been unemployed the whole year. I've been freelancing and been on unemployment benefit and all that stuff. And it's the first time it's ever happened in my life. And I'm obviously leaning more onto the freelance stuff and trying to make that my career. Yeah. Uh, cause I just can't find a job as crazy as it sounds, you know, with a degree and three years experience, like it still blows my mind to this, to this day. But the weird thing is obviously throughout that time I have had interviews here and there. And it seems like, you know, sometimes you really feel like you're going to get it. And then, like, there was one where I literally, like, it, it was all, pretty much all but done. And um, they were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to call you later. You're just going to iron out a few things, blah, blah, blah. And then that call didn't happen. And then I get an email in the evening, like, oh, hey, yeah, uh, sorry, don't have enough experience, blah, blah, blah. And um, that always feels weird to me. Because a lot of the time when I walk out of a job interview, there's just the uncertainty. You know, you, you yeah. feel that it went well, but you don't know either way. But when you get those scenarios where you're like, oh, yeah, no, I feel like I've got it. And then you don't get it. It's quite a sinking feeling. And because you're thinking about a oh, We really connected. The vibe was there was good We're similar people. Like, surely they're going to want me. But then, you know, I, don't, I guess they just click with someone else. But um, it's interesting. It's very interesting. It
2: is interesting. I love them. One of my last interviews, they asked me, how, uh, so how much are you looking to get paid for this role? And I basically just, well, how much are you willing to pay me? And then that just <laughs> circled a few times. Well, like, no, no, give me a number. Okay, cool. You give me a number first and then I'll tell you a number. And Ooh. it just, I didn't want to tell you, I, like, that's the toughest part. Yeah, like evaluating hard. yourself. How do you say a number? like okay I know like the ballpark of where these roles are at but like I think I should be near the top of that <laughs> and then you say that number and you just tell by their face they're like oh yeah we're not paying yeah, you that get much out. This, you yeah, just I, lost- I
0: always, I think that's a fair thing to do though like I, whenever I look at a role Eyeball? I mean, I, no when they ask me that question like <laughs> oh how much do you think like you know you should get for the role I look at like well here's where I'm at in my career you know, here's what I've been paid before and here's what the average is. So I think I'm at this point and I'm always fair with it. I never go like, you know, okay. like, for instance, if there's like a, a marketing exec role and it's paying like 24 per annum, I would say pay me 22 based on my current experience. I think that's reasonable. Um, you know, you try to go and like pretty much everyone I've spoken to on the phone they you know, unless they're lying, they always seem to be like, yeah, that's fair. You know, like they yeah. Usually, they kind of. Yeah. Um, I've never heard anyone go wow or, or like you know they wouldn't give it away, but you know what I mean. Like there would be like a pause or like a, uh-huh, okay. uh huh okay. You know, there's nothing like that, and I think because yeah. you just have to be reasonable with that question. You know, it's a horrible question to to receive, but
3: you do yeah.
2: Just yeah. be
0: just be honest. You know, just be real with with yourself and your current situation and and uh the, and the market average as well like don't undersell yourself either i think i think a lot of people do that they think yeah. if i say a lower number they're more likely to but then it can it can work against you if you say to a lower number yeah yeah like, oh this guy doesn't value himself like you're
1: what? like you're only worth 18 oh
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah cheap yeah. Why, tough. why should it's we the... employ you You're cheapest yeah yeah that's <laughs> right
2: that's why i make them tell me the number you tell it's me clever. the number. what are you oh, going to pay me mind. and then they'll say a number and you go okay cool i want a thousand more than that uh
0: and <laughs> like, no. like uh, okay.
2: it's like the guy from the pawn shop things like uh, best I can do is uh 12
0: yeah, you're like what?
1: okay <laughs>
0: uh, as we draw things to a close today I want to just ask you do you have any upcoming projects or some final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners Ooh. will yeah. I go? will I drop? so one of... Uh, uh,
1: one of my, uh, that we've been thinking about for a while and working on is um, kind of on the whole idea of like making a multimedia platform. Um, and one thing I'm going to be working on in the next like six months is working like a clothing line into it. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So I, it, it's something like, I've like I said, I mentioned before, like painting and art and I love mm-hmm, design, mm-hmm. and it's something that I'm really passionate about um like i've drawn all my previous bands like album covers and, and a few other bands and things like that like i absolutely love it cool. so i think it just kind of makes sense in this that it's like hey you can use these companies where with some overhead pay you don't actually pay for the clothing individually and you can upload all these these uh you know all of your logos and and, and make all these ideas and just have a website for it and kind of start from there and just kind of brand promoting and tying it all back into the music and the podcasting. So that's something that I'm, uh, you know, hoping to get going in the next like six months and then in 2021, hopefully get things rolling.
2: Yeah. And my side is like continue what we're doing, obviously, but I think I'm working on much better video content. Um, we have got a lot in the works. So I'm just trying to pump all that out as quick as I can. Plus we've got our EP, which I guess I said is like four or five, maybe six months out. Um, so we're still tweaking some stuff with that. And uh, yeah, otherwise, want to continue hopping on on other people's podcasts because this is a lot of fun. And you've had a great interview. I actually should stop and say thank you right now for having us on the show. This has been fantastic. Um, it's a pleasure. We to didn't mind. know we, we didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, just a quick conversation, and we're like, all right, well, let's do it. Mark asked me before he goes, well, what, what's it about? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, he yeah, said we didn't is. need to prepare, so let's just go on it and and have a natural conversation. And we like to, we love these types of things, so uh thank you again for having us this has been a blast and yeah just look forward to seeing more of our our stuff in the future yeah. look forward to bringing you to canada
0: yeah i would love to, i would love to come and uh yeah thank you so much thank you so much for for, for agreeing to be on the show it's been an absolute pleasure And uh, yeah, I just want to say to all my listeners, make sure to go check out the Hearst Brothers, both their music and their podcast. As you can hear, they are great guys. They're very interesting and have a lot to say. I I feel like I talk to you guys for hours, if I'm honest, Uh, but there's only so many hours in the day. (laughs) So I I definitely love to have you on the show again. And uh, I wish you the very best of luck. And uh, on that note, we'd love to have you on ours as well. Would love to appear. Maybe you can review yep. some of my music. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Anyway, you want to
2: slice it? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely keep in touch.
0: Awesome. And um, yeah, I just want to say a big thank you to all of my listeners of the Christian Reef Podcast. Please make share make make share. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Leave me your thoughts. Let me know what you like, you dislike, who you want to see on the podcast, what you want to hear on the podcast. Moving into twenty twenty one. And yeah, make sure, you know, uh, if you're listening on the audio platforms, wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever. I, I think we're on that 10 different platforms at this point. Please make sure to leave a review or a rating, something like that. It all helps. It all helps me towards eventually getting maybe a sponsor for this, doing this for a living. That's the ultimate goal. So, uh, yeah, your support, your feedback and anything else is invaluable to me and uh yeah thank you so much for listening and until next time peace out one love i'll see you in the next one